Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 233 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. And it's me, Cowboy, Fighting Cowboy. And my name is Rob with the Channel Realty Review. Perfect. We have a full squad today. We're going over our favorite games of the year. We're going over our favorite games of the decade. It's going to be a conversation about shit we love and if we got time, shit we don't love. Um, before we get into what we do here on the show, gentlemen, would either of you like to, you know, promote anything, pimp anything, let people know what you're up to? Uh, I'm selling merch for the rest of December. If anyone wants a uh, shirt with a little, little praise the booty Solaire on it has oh. Christmas trees and shit, limited edition, mm. got some gold, uh, gold foil on there. Good stuff. I might pick that up. Praise the booty shirt. It, it's, I saw they're, that they're, on your uh, community page. Yeah. I had, um, the, Oh my god! Uh, what is his name? I was talking about. Uh, I was talking about him to Carrick on the last podcast. He's an artist that I work with. Yes. I know oh who you're yeah, the guy, I bought some stuff. Uh, Crossmac, yeah. Crossmac, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he, he custom designed the little Geralt for me and uh, <laughs> did the whole design. It just looks really good. Perfect. So. And what about you, Rob? Working on anything? Um, just typical channel stuff, you know, uh, my channel again is called rule of two review and today's actually a momentous day. I hit a milestone earlier this morning, right before coming on the podcast. So I finally got over the 12,000 subscriber hump just today. Oh, good job. Uh, nice. Thank you. Yes. Thank you guys. Yeah. It feels pretty good. Um, and so other than that, you know, just regular old posts and updates, you know, I make several videos and updates a week talking gaming stuff. Um, definitely Nintendo focused, but I'm a huge fan and gamer on all platforms. So I, talk about everything you know there's a new xbox to talk about right now so things are pretty crazy and exciting so so that's that's it i just pimped myself in my weekly videos awesome and just so you know everybody's rob's got like the best ratio for a smaller channel of all time it's insane (laughs) thanks i thank you man i i definitely i've been shocked especially the past two years when things really took off like i've never had an insane subscriber growth i've been going for just over six years and 12k subscribers isn't huge for most people for me it feels great but yeah i appreciate you saying that because i do get pretty solid video views like you said ratio wise i think they say most most channels should consider like 10 percent of their subscribers should be your average video view Mm -hmm. count and I, I definitely, I don't know what it is. I appreciate everyone. I get, I get much better ratios than that. So <laughs> if, if, it feels pretty good. YouTube's it really does working on good. your end. That's what's happening. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I, I feel very lucky. So. Oh, good. All right. Awesome. So, um, for us on our end, Carrick and I both run Patreons. Mine's more connected to this podcast along with another one I run with my girlfriend called BFGF AFK. Uh, if you guys want early access to either of those shows, as well as the discord, which we uh, normally do use for questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, stories, what have you for both shows. Uh, you guys can submit stuff there this week. We really aren't going to be dabbling too much in the discord. It's going to be more so just a, a conversation on our games of the year. And we're just kind of trying to wind into the hall or wind down, sorry for the holidays and just coast in. Uh, this will be as far as I know, uh, our last show for the remainder of 2019. Um, just cause I'll be on holiday next week. And obviously, you know, we, I want to 
give Carrick as much time off as he can, and we might implement some changes next year. So we kind of want to start with a, a clean slate. And we thought, what better way to cap it off than, than talking about some, some great games uh, for both the decade and this year so far. Uh, so let's just hop right into that conversation, unless, Carrick, you got anything else you'd like to, to put out there for people to know about? Um, no, no, we can jump right in. Yeah. All right. All right. Perfect. So who would like to start off? Because I have a whole video prepped and ready to go while I'm away for, um, games of the year. Um, but I'd like to hear from you gentlemen, uh, what, what really caught your attention the most this year or where you want to start the conversation? Cause I feel like a lot of us cross over in games we've played. You know, I'm I'm honestly surprised it wasn't at the the game awards, but Anthem really was. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you caught me off guard. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, I mean, dude, I'm gonna it it did win the award, and I'm gonna give it to to Sekiro. You know, I you obviously know I'm a big Souls fan, and Sekiro took that and refined it into such an amazing game to play. And I think one of the best parts about it is it's. Like, a lot of games, you know, as you play them, you get stronger, but it's usually because your character gets stronger. You know, you get better weapons, better spells, whatever the case is. And Sekiro, on the other hand, it very much feels like you get stronger because you, as a player, grow. You learn the combat, and you really kind of find your rhythm with it. And not a lot of games give you that feeling. Like, at the end, when you, you know, you got it all down, and you're hitting all those parries and going for the kills, it's just super super satisfying yeah i have multiple friends now who have beat the game five plus times is that like a a very common thing because they it seems like it's almost intoxicating the power level you reach um Mm -hmm. because like you said it's not like a skills thing it's like you just get good at the game so like i think uh i remember my friends like struggling on genichiro and 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 then they finally you know after their fifth playthrough they're like yeah i breezed through them and like they just wanted to play the game again because of that like this this almost ego boost of a video game like, is that common that a lot of people are just playing this game time in, time out, or do I have just weird friends? No, I mean, I I went through, uh, I think, four playthroughs myself before I kind of took a break and got distracted with other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been meaning to go back, but, I mean, there's the, it's because you, you have that, that hyper-difficult combat that we've come to know with Dark Souls, and the comparison I've always liked to make is the combat reminds me almost of Rock Band. Because if you ever played Rock Band, you know there's, there's a very specific... Um, you know, rhythm that you got to get down and you know you, you might start off on easy and by the time you're an expert it's like your fingers are just gliding you're hitting those buttons and Sekiro feels the same way like as you grow as a player you get to the point where you know instead of running back and forth and trying to, to you know cheap shot a guy to death you just have this this dance of blades where you're back and forth and clashing blows and then you get the kill parry somebody else knock him out use your 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 ninja tool fight the next guy and it's just Oh, it's good. It's yeah, good. I, I plan on giving it a, a second chance. I, I tried it out when it first came out, and what didn't gel with me, I've, I've said it to the point of redundancy to Carrick, but just so you know, um, for me, it was when I was going through uh, the Ashina Castle. It was like the dream area, so to speak. I'm not super well-versed with it, but I had to like keep repeating a stealth segment, and it felt very old school in that manner. I don't know if you agree with that. Like, Was that ever a thing? Stealth segment. Like, I, had to, I shouldn't say stealth segment, but I was taking down enemies from above and it was like repeating that constantly because i kept dying that was sort of what sent me over the top where i was like do i care enough to to push myself beyond and actually learn the gameplay systems or do i want to keep repeating this segment here uh which like wasn't enjoyable like if it was like a side because what i played represented a lot of that right there and i Mm -hmm. thought that was just kind of like the boiling point where i was like you know what i don't feel like doing this now and maybe i just wasn't in the mood for a really challenging game at the time 
But uh, I do want to go back after seeing all the you know the the praise it's been receiving and and then capping it off with the Game of the Year award. I want to try it out. A thing to keep in mind is you can you know you can approach it differently. Like if you mm-hmm. don't if you can't fight them all head on and you can't stealth, you could you know run <clears throat> basically run in and get everybody's attention. Yep. And then use your rope and be like boop boop boop, and then just jump straight past them. Because I've done it before on on speed runs. You know, you're just zipping. Like I know the area you're, you're talking about. And in New Game Plus, I would literally just sprint through it and gotcha. <laughs> ignore everything. And yeah, you know, you get inside, you hit a rest point, and everything resets. And it's like they never knew you were there. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna try it again. I don't know if I'll try it again over vacation because I'm hoping to like dabble in VR this time around. But um, yeah, it, it's something I want to I want to give another a, a second chance to for sure. Now, Carrick, you played uh, Sekiro, right? Yes, indeed. And where did you stand on it? Uh, I don't know. If, I, I, I won't do Game of the Year until next year, um, so I haven't made a final decision. All I right. think it's good. I think Resident Evil 2 Remake is up there because I don't have the coveted. It's got to be. It's got to be a brand new game to get Game of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, did, you, did you play the original? Just out of curiosity. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, and then control. Uh, there's a there's a bunch of different games that I'm sort of bouncing around trying to decide. But I mean, I I thought Sekiro was awesome. I don't have any issues with people disliking it though, because there were some changes to it, just like Bloodborne changed stuff, and some people liked that and didn't like Sekiro or vice versa. But yeah, I enjoyed Sekiro a lot. I think it was a great game. I don't when when it won, I was more surprised. I was just too. because it won. I was happy it like, won because of the conversation. Yeah, I was happy. It, it. Yeah, I mean, Death Stranding whatever you may think of that game it, it i i think with sekiro i w- i was just really surprised to see it win and pretty happy because i could see that one being forgotten almost like just right. like oh it's just yeah. another yeah. dark soul style game which it yeah sure but that's like saying any shooter is just another shooter that's not really how it works so yeah i liked it but yeah, my th- personal one i would say is probably going to be I don't think I'll give it to Control. I had too many technical issues, um, even though I thought its lore was amazing. It'll probably be something like Disco Elysium is going to be up there. Yeah. Um, Disco Elysium is probably the most stunning, stunningly written game I've ever played in my life. I would say, yeah, I would say that easily. Uh, but I don't know if, the ga- if, if it wins Game of the Year. And then Resident Evil 2 Remake is going to be up there. There's a couple. Yeah, it just right. sort of depends on... Really good. Yeah, and it also depends on wh- what you remember. Because in January, it'll really be like what's stuck with me, and I'll go back and look at all these other games and decide, you know, have I just forgot it, but it was still awesome. Because mm-hmm. that can happen. Yeah, absolutely. I think what's interesting about, like, From Software is they all have a game that just syncs with people. Like, for me, Bloodborne was that game. Exactly. Like, I yep. played the hell out of Bloodborne, beat it three times. Um, and so, for me, that was the game that really synced up. I thought Sekiro would sort of be that because of the, you know, the Japanese culture and stuff that's just right, right. up my alley. Um but yeah, like Dark Souls one was that was one that really hit well. Meanwhile, two was all right. Um, three, I don't think I gave too much of a chance to as well. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting because everyone has like their own individual favorite based off how the experience is crafted and and how builds work. Where I don't know if builds really apply in Sekiro. I think it's once again it's just yeah. that combat. You really have to just be proficient at the combat system and um, mm-hmm. the the process, What is it? The the tool on your arm. I would it's say that the arcs yeah. do matter. Uh, the art because like changing the art can matter. Yeah. Okay. That that really changed how I played. I can't even remember the name of the art. Um, there was a, there was a couple of them. I remember getting one in particular, and it fit me. If that makes sense. Like you just you you start playing, and you're like, oh, I've been bouncing off this game 
for two hours because the art I had prior wasn't really working for me, but this one fits. And I think it was just the, yeah. it was, it might've been invisibility. I can't remember what it was, but when I hit it, I was like, oh shit, now I get right. it. Um, on the other hand though, that art is not day, is not moment one and you have to work through that. And it's the same. I think there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, you know what? It, it, at the start, the starting of the game isn't great. And I think for Sekiro, a lot of people thought that. For whatever reason, a lot of people didn't like the starting. A lot of people I talked to who like Bloodborne or like Dark Souls three or one. I don't know anybody who likes two. Uh, I think it's as the, much as those. The it, lack of it, build it comes variety up a lot. too. I, a lot yeah. of people, you know, you're used to. You might do a strength build. You might do a dex build. You might do a magic build, and you know, you're. These are more like uh, augments on the top of the build that yeah, it's yeah, going to have like, you do this, already. Yeah, yeah, this is your special move. But besides that, like at the end of the day you are katana man and you need to yeah, be competent right. and katana yeah. man to succeed it's not neo where every weapon is you know complete. Yeah. yeah i mean that's why i'm seem far more intrigued in elden ring because it sounds like more of the traditional souls experience i've come to love right like you know and especially the the rumors we had heard about it being like fully open world and sort of getting abilities from the kingdoms right and it was almost like a Mega Man-esque experience in that way which I think fits beautifully with what FromSoft does like that sounds more up my alley because I prefer the the builds of a Dark Souls and sort of what you taught me when we played Dark Souls 2 um I, I that's what I like and I don't know that the initial perk system with Sekiro doesn't make it a worse game by any stretch of the imagination because clearly it works very well as is it's just unappealing to me and I think it's just because of like how I prefer RPGs I think mm-hmm. that sort of con- conflicts with what is going on in Sekiro, but I think I can ultimately look past it and just enjoy the game as is. I, I, I agree. Dark Souls, I mean, while, while both Souls and Sekiro are action-adventure, Dark Souls falls a lot more into the RPG sphere where you actually have, you know, you have stats for your character, you have armor for your character, you have a build, whereas Sekiro is a lot more in the, the action-adventure, you know, this is a closed experience that we wanted to create, and they, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's different. I, I liked it for what it was, but but I completely get where you're coming from. Right. Um, all right. So we talked about Sekiro a little bit. Rob, was there anything on on your list that really stuck out to you? Oh yeah, uh, a couple things. And I actually did have a chance to make like a top fifteen, like my favorite games of the year breakdown video. So I already have a lot of ideas in my head. <laughs> I will say on Sekiro too. I mean, I I pretty much agree with you guys. I think Sekiro was absolutely fantastic. Um, early in the year when that game came out, I loved it so much. I was like, this might be my favorite game of the year, even though I still had Resident Evil 2 really fresh in my brain. And ultimately, I still preferred Resident Evil 2 Sekiro. And I think that what's what's interesting about Sekiro, like as a huge FromSoft fan, and also like you guys, I love Dark Souls. I love Bloodborne. I actually do like Dark Souls 2. Um, I know most people don't. It's it's my least favorite of them all, but I do think there's yeah, value I in that game. Yeah, I it yeah, people really kind of dog on it now, and I get it. It's like the least best of them, but I still liked it. Um, it's like Bioshock. But as far, <laughs> yeah, I feel the same about Bioshock. Totally, dude. Same thing. Um, but yeah, Sekiro. I, I think that what's interesting about Sekiro is is the main core difference beyond what you guys were saying, which which is true. How this is more about here's our default avatar that represents our game that is your guy and you you don't really customize them like in an rpg we just give you abilities that stack on top of other abilities and you just build that um the other main difference is i think sekiro was built around the mini boss and the boss fight whereas it's less about 
It's, I mean, there is the sort of chess match idea to every average enemy you come across like there is in Dark Souls and Bloodborne. But I think there was less of that in Sekiro and more about, I mean, every 30 minutes to an hour, you're coming across another boss, another place where you're going to fight the same guy over and over again until you figure out, you get the rhythm, you find the cheats, and then you beat him. And it's really not more than another 30 minutes or another hour before you come across another boss like that. And that's it's like not constantly really how experience that tests you, really. Totally, totally. And I will say that I think that's why, for me, even though I adore Sekiro and it's totally worthy of a game of the year from like anybody, um, I think that's why I don't prefer it to their previous games and why it ended up not being my favorite favorite game of the year. I I prefer the Dark Souls and Bloodborne concept of like these twisty mazes of worlds and maps and all the little enemies are your big threat. It's not so much a boss every five minutes. It's the every little enemy represents a mm-hmm. kind of bigger threat than it does in Sekiro. But Sekiro also balanced that by in my opinion having the best combat that they've ever made because you have you can do so much more than in the in the previous games. So anyway, that's Sekiro. I just wanted to chime in because I also loved it like a lot of you guys did. Um, as far as other games, like my, my big kind of three for the year, uh, it's kind of like a three-way tie between Resident Evil and Fire Emblem and Star Wars. Those are really kind of my nice. three that I battled in my brain. Um, I have to give Star Wars a shout out because I'm a big Star Wars dork, you know. Uh, and I thought that I think that what the the story they told in Jedi Fallen Order to me personally is the best Star Wars content we've gotten in the Disney era, like just in terms of story, right? Like I think the story and how it felt, how it fit into the lore of the movies mm-hmm. and between the first two trilogies was just so well executed. It felt like, it felt more like George Lucas's Star Wars than the sequels do. And I like the sequels. I, I do like the movies, but I don't know. I thought Star Wars was great. And it also kind of has like a, a FromSoft vibe, right? I don't know if, if anyone else oh, here played it and sure. got that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was really cool. So, love Star Wars. Um, Fire Emblem absolutely floored me. Uh, I don't know if anyone here is a fan of that or played that. But See, once again, I, I get my own way with those games because I liked how in Fire Emblem you could you could ship everybody. I love that about that game. And when I <laughs> you can yeah. yeah, and when I when I played or when I heard about Three Houses, how you really couldn't, I was like, uh, I don't know. And but they said like, oh, the exchange is now because they don't have to account for like millions of ways that dialogue can happen. Instead, everything's voiced, and once again, it's one of those situations, same thing with Sekiro, it doesn't make it a less worse game, I just, I immediately when I heard that, I was like, I'll make time for it later, like, I, I was like, instantly, I, my, my appeal for the game kind of sunk, um, because I, that's, that was literally the main draw for me, I loved interacting with the characters in that way, and like, seeing how they're, not even like dating-wise, I mean, but like, relationships growing, sure. like, I just liked seeing that, and not that Three Houses doesn't have that by any stretch, um, but also I know how hum- humongous of a time sink that game is. <laughs> Big like, time, yeah. Oh my god, like I, I have friends who got like 200 hours and they're like, yep, next playthrough we're gonna learn this. I'm like, Jesus, 200. I'm, I'm still not first my first playthrough. I'm like, I'm just up to like before the the time shift basically and mm, okay, yeah. I, I like I start, every time I start playing again I get distracted with something else. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, it, you probably maybe feel that time sink when you turn it on you're like, oh geez, I have to really commit to this every battle especially Mm -hmm. the farther in you get like where you're at too cowboy like every battle requires more time and more commitment to get Mm -hmm. from beginning to end right they can last sometimes like an hour or two yeah Um, yeah, which is is cool 
I yeah, mean, that's what I love about Divinity. I've been playing that with some friends this uh, this past month, and we love it because like every combat becomes like a war session. Like it's always this humongous yeah, battlefield that you just it's tons like of raid. elements are laid around. It's, it's just like committing to a raid, kind mm-hmm. of right. Yeah. yeah, Divinity is the best game that I've never finished. I've tried like four <laughs> or five. I, I, I've tried four to five times. I've tried with friends every single time I play it. I enjoy it. I've played I, it with mods. Yeah. I enjoy it. And I can, I just never can get through it. I get like halfway into act two and I'm like, Oh, there goes 300 hours. Cause a new game came along that I got to cover. And it's, just... I don't think you I've even been, got very to, to finish that, that game. game. I don't even think you got to finish it to love it though. That's the thing. Like it no, definitely, it's a great game. It's like, a, yeah. I totally recommend like, it. I think you could literally not beat it and be like, yeah, this is my game of the year. Just because the, the experience is so compact and you could experience a lot of like the excellent parts of the game. Uh, through its systems and how you can like tinker with the world and, and the choices you can make like you see that all up front from right from the get-go um like the character creation cre- character creation geez i can't talk right now uh it just like it, it instantly overwhelms you like it's that type of game where you you literally hit the start button and you're like i want to do 40 playthroughs so i think a lot of people are like you like where they just go like 20 40 hours in just with different builds uh just because it's fun to toy around in that way for sure what about uh smaller titles this year do you guys have like a an, an indie Ooh. hit that that really stood out to you oh man i'm i, I, I actually oh go no, sorry I, I i was just gonna say the only one that's coming to mind right now and it's definitely not like a hit or or even a well-received game I'm, I'm curious what the reviews are on it um there was this vita game that came out many years back uh called the caligula effect and then they re-released it this year called the caligula effect overdose and it, it fixed a bunch of problems with the game and streamlined it and, and improved some some aspects for sure um, and I have been curious about it because a lot of people com- connected it to Persona. They're like, it's very much like that game. It's got social links. It's, you know, you're in a school. Uh, but that's sort of where the connections stop because uh, it turns out you're in this, like, virtual world and you're a part of this club called the Go Home Club. You're trying to escape the virtual world. And it's very, very weeby. It's, like, very niche because, like, <laughs> what's happening? Yeah, no, I'm dead serious because, like, what happens is the reason people go into these worlds is because there's an idol in the real world who sings and her singing transports you into this virtual world. Um, and you go there because you want to escape your problems. So the game on a personal level and like the way it builds its characters and, and the, the actual issues it tries to like connect to and cut deep on, it succeeds like far above and beyond what any game with its budget should do. But at the same point, uh, the combat, by the way, is also pretty good. Um, it's not really anything that stands out necessarily, but it's it's still it's serviceable. It works. It's fun, but the story can be like really disjointed at times uh, because like they they make their main characters into idiots to like further the plot intentionally. Because um, without spoiling too much, you have to like dabble between two sides before you make a choice, and somehow your your team, the Go Home Club, never finds out that you're like on the opposing team, even though you fight against them. It's really stupid in that manner. Um, but there's like really good music there, and it kind of just didn't get any attention like i said it was very niche but that was one that i just finished playing two nights ago and i really enjoyed it was like a nice uh palette cleanser after playing like a ton of triple a games this fall to like go to something very b tier very niche and just like have fun with what it's trying to do with how little of a budget it has i really like that mm. but I, wise, to be a... I don't know yeah it's 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 a crazy crazy fortuitous time to ask that question because i have not had many chances or time this year to play any smaller games or indie titles but i did because i finished all the big titles for the year right we're all kind of like in that lull now at the end of the year i went back and i just bought and started playing blasphemous i don't know if you guys heard about this game or played Mm -hmm. it but it oh my god this game is incredible 
Absolutely I, love it. Okay, so wait, when did it, when did you start? Because I played it right at launch, and it was still a little. They were a oh. little little fucky at launch, but I know they make quite a few patches. <laughs> well, I think I, I'm I'm feeling I am playing the unfucked version, if that helps, because it's <laughs> well, definitely I'm not. <laughs> I should, that I should be the new it's, version. It's it's un, it's I shouldn't say it was fucked, but like I, I think a big a big part of the game obviously is the platforming, and and beyond the fact yeah. I'm I'm potato at platformers, but mm-hmm. I know back back when I played it, like when you had to jump over uh, spike pits. I mean, if you were literally a pixel off, like you had to to jump as like half your foot was already passing the platform and fall to death. Otherwise, you'd miss that spike pit. And it infuriated me to no end. And I know that was one of the big things they went back in to tweak. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that they've maybe fixed but not perfected that because the only issue like in that realm that I'm really running into just as far as like playability and, and platforming specifically is there's definitely feels like there's a button delay. And mm. that's a really awkward thing to to deal with. I mean, and that's been really frustrating for me all year with a couple of the smaller titles I've played. Uh, when I played Bloodstained, Bloodstained early in the year, we all know that game was just riddled with problems across the board. And I, of course, played the Switch version, which was the worst of them. And the Is button that delay now? was that's fixed now, right? It's they, they did find to release a big patch for it like a month ago, but I've it's I've better. just long since put that game behind. It took me, like so six months, right? <laughs> yeah, way too long. But so Blasphemous, I mean, as far as just a game and like the overall design and that kind of blend of like Castlevania and Dark Souls, it's so freaking good. The button delay is real and that does make platforming an issue like you were saying, but I, I, I'm just adoring that game. So It's funny you mentioned, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, oh my god, my brain is just uh, Bloodstained. Because Bloodstained, oh, I was actually, like I'd, I'd, I'd never played the original Castlevanias. Mm. So that was like my first real... I guess time diving into that style game and on PC at least it was really good but I I loved it yeah. but I did get it on the Switch and I can understand where you're coming from because I picked yeah. it up on the Switch to play after I was done and I was kind of like man these yeah. two and a half minute load screens feels like Ooh, bro, feels it was like rough. OG Bloodborne again <laughs> yeah it was really rough but uh and and what was really tough for me playing that game is I was super excited and I wanted the Switch version to have the portability and all that and uh I can you can tell playing that game like it's a good game i was like i know that this is a good game and like the design is there and the (laughs) the inspiration from castlevania is on point and the music but it just visually like suffered and the frame rates and the loading times and it crashed on me twice when i was talking to an npc Mm. and the button delay was criminal i mean someone should have been put in jail for how bad that was was (laughs) i was like i can't i was like i'm done playing this game and i do want to go back but uh it's hard when you can like you're playing a game that you can see like through the kind of haze of badness and you're like i know this is good literally me with battlefront 2 literally me with battlefront 2 oh my Mm, god interesting and now it's good now but i'm saying like when it first came out i was like trying to tell people like, the microtransactions are awful, but this is a very yeah. good game. And now everyone's like, yeah. oh, Battlefront 2 is great. I'm like, it always has been. It just was horribly monetized. Yeah, they were their own worst enemy with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I thought of a, actually an indie game that I had played this year. Uh, this would be more topical, I guess. Um, it did come out. I looked it up. It did come out last year um, in October, but I only discovered it this year. And I picked it up for 10 bucks on the PS4 with a couple of friends. It was called, uh, have you guys heard of Lethal League Blaze? Mm-hmm. All right, so same composer that worked. You guys know Jet Set Radio? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, love Jet Set Radio. So it's the same composer that worked on that series, um, which I, like really eccentric soundtrack for those who haven't played it. Um, just really out there, but really fun too. 
And so they composed the music for this game. The art style is heavily inspired by Jet Set Radio, and it's a 2D sports game. So what happens is you literally have this ball that's going around the room, and you're smacking it back and forth between you and your opponent. And what happens is the speed of the ball picks up, and you have, like, different tricks and abilities that your character can do, uh, plus, like, the mechanics that every character has, like being able to smack it downwards or smack it straight or, like, grab the ball and then throw it so there's, like, a bit of a delay to trick your opponents. Uh, so there's, like, a little layer of strategy there, but it, it's so fun when the ball's flying all over the place because if you get hit by it, you die, you lose a point, and once you're out of, I think, like, five points is when the game's over and you lose. Uh, so playing online one-on-one against a friend, and when the ball's literally frantically going back and forth, like, a thousand miles a second, and you have, like, the best time swing of your bat, and, like, the, the game will, like, the, the ball start to get this aura around it, and it'll be, like, another explosive slam, and uh, just seeing who's going to come out on top when the game picks up. It has its own momentum. It's so fun. It's so fun. It's not, like fun as in you're going to stay attached to it for like years and years but there's like a ton of characters that play differently um it's very indie uh, it's very different but it's also it's very fun highly recommend it cool Carrick, you play any indies man i feel like that's all i play um that's all you play damn well dude just looking at my list like my friend pedro void bastards oh pedro that's one i um, wanted to Concrete get to genie Concrete Ge- Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. I would say Concrete Genie is probably, even though it's technically published by Sony, it's still an indie because it was just them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they got any money. And that game is, it's probably one of the best, like, arti- uh, one of the greatest artistic, like, titles I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it's it's mind-numbing when you, like, graffiti a genie on the side of a wall and he comes alive and starts interacting with the world. Mm-hmm. Especially in the in the way the graphics are done and they're neon so these like neon genies come alive. It's fucking. It's it's, it's so good looking. Um, but I would say like Pedro was a blast because it was just stupid indie fun. You could tell it wasn't perfect. Its controls were a little fucked up, um, but it was still really enjoyable. And then Void Bastards is one of the better shooters of this year, and that's the one that's the cell shaded uh, shooter where. Dude, it's so cool. Like, when you regenerate your character, if your character has merits and flaws, and if your character has, like, a flaw called short, you can't see through the window in the door. Mm. And you have to, like... And you're at everybody's nutsack level. You can, <laughs> but you don't need to duck to slide under things where other players need to. It's... They took, like, character sheets from D&D and, and merits and flaws and role-playing games and made just enough so that they matter in the game. And cell shaded, yeah. That game. I mean, it's. I think it's only nine bucks. I mean, it's. If if, if you want to spend like a weekend, and it's got DLC too, like a weekend just running around shooting in a really unique world. That game is for you. And is that is that the one that's it like can be a, hard as fuck? Like isometric is is that the one that I'm thinking of? It's no, like, it's like first person. Thing? Oh, okay. This first one's person. first person. Yeah, it looks like Borderlands. It's cell shaded like that. It also is probably the best performance game i've ever played i think with my 1080 or my 2080 ti i was getting 700 frames a second like it was some dude it was ridiculous it was like well yeah you can't your hurts no your hurts won't show up it'll just count the frames and i was counting the frames my hurts is only like a 144 and i remember looking at it going like what the and i was talking to people in discord just going like i've never seen a i've never seen a game run this well and admittedly it's not the prettiest game in the world it's cell shaded allows them to get away with some stuff but uh, you can run it on a fucking pancake, dude. You could probably run that on a system that's like 10 years old. And mm. it's well worth checking out. Phenomenal game. 
Where does everyone I want to say Plague Tale, on... even oh, though sorry. it's not indie. Sorry. No, I just want to mention no, Plague Tale, but it's not an indie it. that's game. A good, that's a good point. <laughs> I heard is that was Plague really Tale good. Yeah, I heard that was good. It's yeah, really Plague good. Plague Tale's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just hard to suggest that it's full price for me personally. I, I struggle with it because, like, I know how people want to spend their money where they want to make sure they get the most bang for their buck, right? But they want something good, too. And with The Plague Tale, it's such a great story, but it's like 10 hours. And once you beat it, unless you want to go for a platinum trophy and and go through and, like, get a couple of things you missed, it's, like, not replayable. So it's just as it's – it's a really well-directed experience. Like, it's very focused. Like, it has a clear goal. Um, And and I I emphasize that a ton in my review. Um, But it's, like, really hard to sell people on it full price because – it's just very much like one and done. But it's so good for what it is. Yet the the story isn't like life-changing. That's the thing. It's like a, just a very good story. Um, the double-A game I usually go to for this year at least was Greedfall. Because that was just like, presentation-wise, it looked very triple-A. I, I couldn't okay. do it. I couldn't do it. I tried Greedfall for about three hours and... Um, I don't know if it was some things I was playing on PC and I switched to a controller, but the camera for that game was giving me motion sickness because it would like a yeah. lot of people were getting yeah. that. The oh, camera dude, was it, it's connected it, instead of disconnected. It's, it was yeah, weird. It's, it's oh, a man, third person bad. too. It's weird. Yeah. Like I don't know why they they had uh, the camera Bob with third person characters. That's been a problem all year for games. I don't oh, know like it bounces around when you're walking. Is that yeah. is that what it does? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and it's, it's it's very subtle, but it's if it's if you notice it, it can it can definitely mess you up. Well, like you would go in a room and it was like the camera would like swivel around behind the head, and you're like, oh yeah. Jesus Christ! Like this wow. is, ooh. Yeah, that was a game that totally caught me off guard. I didn't know like anything about it, and then like that week that it launched, and a lot of people were talking about it. And Maddie, even like you made a video about it, and I think I pulled it up to watch. I was like, what is this Greedfall? And it was that was the first footage I ever saw of the game. I will admit, I mean, as somebody who didn't know anything about it till it launched, it didn't look cool. But I hear now I hear you guys on like different sides of the fence, like you know, Maddie, you like it, mm-hmm. and Bill, it sounds like not so much. So I don't. I know. think on a technical level, if if you can't, whether it's the camera, which I I know they patched that out, but if, uh, on a technical level too, with like its level of jank that's notably there, yeah. um, versus the universe, like I thought the kind of co- magic colonial feeling that it had. Uh, I like D. Sarday as a character, like the main character you play as. Um, I like the the companions. I thought they were solid. Some definitely stood out more than others. Um, I think mean, part of it was just the uh, the the start too, because Christ, I I want to say I played for two two and a half to three hours, mm-hmm. and I was still just on the first island. And when I play RPGs, I always feel compelled to like do all the stuff. And then it's like you you leave that island and you never fucking hear about those people again. It's like why did I just spend an hour? You know, uh, with, because with video this guy. Game. I think yeah. it's designed to my my assumption was that it's designed to like let you see how bad the plague is. So when you go to Tier for D, you're trying to like you know preserve that one like oasis and then bring it to the rest of the world. Like I think it sets as a tone setter, and they could have just done like ten twenty minutes there, but they chose like a whole starting area with quests. And I think they definitely had different plans initially for the game, and then realized like it's probably better to create this separate island rather than like what I think would have been like a whole open world in that little city. Cause it seemed like they had, when you look at some of the buildings and, and how the, the, the world is set up there, it just indicated to me they had different plans. Maybe they just cut off some quests and, and I'm just assuming too much, but um, it, it seemed like they, they initially had a different idea for Greedfall cause it was a new IP too. So it wasn't like they had like this established, 
history they had to follow. They could do whatever they want. And I, I think that starting area, given how meaty it was and, and how ultimately it, it was just kind of an atmosphere setter and, and gave you some filling in on, on uh, essentially the, the plague, I think that could have been summed up really quick. And they, they didn't really establish, outside of Vasco and, um, I'm forgetting, Kurt, you know, they don't really touch on any of the other companions and they don't really go deeper on them until you get to tier for dc yeah I, I agree with that i don't i don't know well, why they and remember so i mean they they've talked about it being it was narratively reverse of most other games on purpose mm. so most games you find out there's an issue and then you travel outwards to fix the issue that game the issue is already done it's over mm. like that mm. that you don't really figure that out until you get to the island and you realize like, I know some websites would be like, it's all about colonialization. But if you play the game for longer than a couple hours, you'll realize everybody's a cocksucker in that game. Every single character. <laughs> yeah. The natives all are shitting. so The bad. natives are so bad. And they're all shitting on... It's a little bit like Disco Elysium, where they're like, we're going to shit in everybody's bed. No one's going to be a good guy. And when you get into that world, you already realize where the island's gone. The, you're actually traveling after everything or much of the game has occurred. You do fix some things, but it's nowhere near like the typical hero's journey. In fact, it's almost like the heroes have already come and gone, they failed, and you're just sort of cleaning up. Yep. And, and it, it's a, a completely different narrative style. So the first two, three hours can be raw because they're trying to teach you the disguise system. They're trying to teach you all of this shit. All and the factions are in there, too. All the, yeah, dude, yeah. Like, I loved that about it, but I absolutely see why somebody would be playing that game and be like, what in the hell is happening? Why am I still here? Mm -hmm. But to me, that was the juice. That was the difference. But you almost have to get to that spot. Like, a lot of games this year we'll probably talk about, where if you don't get to that spot, a lot of games, I think, people are going to wonder why they're on certain people's lists. Because a lot of games required more input than I think has been, at least for me, uh, normal. Like, they've required more time up front to get into. In a, yeah. in a couple of the games, I've I think, are on my list. Sekiro included, which I did like. But I do feel that they required a little bit more than usual. Yeah, definitely. Has anyone? How many people here, I think Rob has, but how many people here have played uh, Luigi's Mansion 3? Yeah, I didn't get a chance, unfortunately. Same. Did not did oh. not touch on that one. Very, very good. I, I was a huge fan of that game. Yeah. Yeah, dude, like that that is one of the most detailed games ever. Like it is insane. Like the amount of animations that are in there. Uh, each room is like specifically it's crafted. It's with like just personality, right? That's what that game has mm -hmm. so much personality. It, is it, it the first one you've played? Did you play any of the, I the played uh, a little bit of Dark Moon on the 3DS. I don't I don't yeah, I don't think I quite finished it and I never as a kid I had never even heard of Luigi's Mansion until like later on when Dark ah, Moon had come. But yeah, like I was interesting. in the dark on that. Like I I I used my GameCube for like the Naruto Clash of Ninja series and <laughs> uh Metroid Prime of course, but you know, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. outside of that, like I I really uh, GameCube was was one of my least used systems. I think I was just very ignorant to it as a kid. Like I just mm -hmm. there like, there were games that I didn't play. I don't know if it was on GameCube, but I never played like Pikmin. Um, wow. I think on the the it's Wii weird. U that was, was like, um, Beautiful Joe or whatever something like that was it. Yeah, that was that was on GameCube. Yeah, Beautiful yeah. Joe was. Yeah. Yeah, like that, those are ones I never got to. GameCube was a, a weird time for Nintendo. It's actually my second favorite console they've ever made. And it was a weird time in the sense that, in, in my opinion, that was the last time Nintendo was 
was was chasing technology and power and working to be on par with Sony and Microsoft. I mean, obviously, Microsoft was new at that time. Only mm-hmm. the first Xbox was out. But they were definitely in that race still. And I thought that that was great. I, I love the Nintendo that doesn't chase power and graphics, obviously. But I also do love and miss, like, the N64 and GameCube days when they did do that. Because I think that they made some great machines at that time, too. And they also had... I mean, up until the Switch era, that was the best quality third-party support they had too. I mean, for sure, they had a lo- they had a lot of third-party games on the Wii because the Wii sold to everyone and their mom. But the vast, vast majority were really bad shovelware minigame games that were just terrible. But they had, re- I mean, they were getting Splinter Cell and Time Splitters and Resident Evil and all of the really good big third-party games that came out on the PS2 and Xbox were also coming on GameCube plus all their kick-ass first-party stuff. So it's an underrated generation for Nintendo, I think. And I, you know, I was 21, 20 or 21 when it launched. So I have like really good memories of living at like my second apartment with a friend. We were playing Wave Race and, and Luigi's Mansion and all that stuff. And it was just a uh, That's awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I, I Wave was, Race was the jam growing up. <laughs> oh, so good, man. So fun. Yeah, see, I was a PS2 kid, so growing up like that, I'd flip between my Xbox for like replaying Munch's Odyssey for like the millionth time. But yeah, like PS2 was my go-to. Munch's Odyssey, wow, that's a I, deep cut. I love Oddworld. I think that might be one of yeah. the most underrated series, and I can't wait for Soulstorm to come out. I know a lot of people. I'm definitely biased, but like a lot of people were kind of not a fan of Soulstorm because it's a little more bright and colorful. And I kind of like that because the, the series has always been very, like, grim and, and lacking of color. So I'm, I'm kind of interested in a more artistic shift. It still looks very odd world, um, but I'm, I'm excited for that game. But, uh, yeah, a lot of did people were displeased. Um, did you see Stranger's Wrath is coming to the uh, oh, Switch that. in HD? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's a great game. Stranger's Wrath is, is probably the best. For those who are interested in odd world, that's probably the best place to start because it is, like, accessible on a gameplay level. But As long still- as they make sure the controls feel good. Oh God, yeah. I'm I'm a little nervous because remember I don't know if you remember, but there there was actually issues with um, the original version. I can't mm-hmm. remember if it was like up was down, down was up, and you couldn't uh, reverse it or something. But I remember playing it and being like, "Son of a bitch!" You know, it required yeah. a little bit more. Hopefully, with this port, they they clean it up. It's yeah, such a good game. Because I had played it when it first came out, and then I had played it when they re-released it on PS3. So it's it's been a while since I've actually hopped back into it but that that game has aged tremendously from a storytelling perspective and obviously a first slash third person shooter yeah uh is pretty easy to get into nowadays and and, and since it does such a good yeah. job with its story you can get reeled into the odd world universe pretty easily so for those who are looking for a good starting point it won't be expensive i think it'll be like 15 20 bucks so uh it, yeah. it, it'll be well worth your time and it's not like a short game and you can replay it because you can either be like a bounty hunter and just kill everyone for your targets or you can actually like just suck them up and, and arrest them and you can see them in jail and stuff. It's awesome. I, I adore that series so much. Um, so let's yeah. talk about list toppers, right? Cause like, I know Cowboy started us off with Sekiro. Um, are we, are we list topper of the year or are we moving of on the, the of, of the year? Let's just okay. like, what, what of top the, the list? Okay. Yeah. Are you just throwing it out there to kind of, to anyone? Yeah, man, I'm 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 dangling the fish hook here. So who's taking a bite? <laughs> well, I'll I'll go ahead and say uh, it's it was really hard for me to ultimately come down on this, and I know it's an easy answer, but I really think Resident Evil Two is the best game I played this year. Okay, so I, and I think why is in, that? 
I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge, just a huge Resident Evil fan. Another easy answer, you know, it's, it's probably like top five all-time video game franchises for me. Even, even the worst Resident Evil games. Okay, wait, let me rephrase that, because the worst ones are like the weird Survivor first, you know, PlayStation One spinoff, <laughs> and the, 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 the guiding game on the Game Boy. I'm talking like if we look at the mainline games. I think I think the worst of those, like five and six, aren't even really that bad. Yeah, I love um, five. I don't like yeah, six five that much, solid. But, but five I think five. is great. It's it's fine. It's good. Yeah, like I I feel, and I feel that way about six too. Um, and so I just love Resident Evil. Um, I think that I'm one of the few people that actually still prefers the old static camera Resident Evil to like the third person stuff. But the third person, they've done a great job with it over the years, and I think that taking two and staying so true to the soul of that game, because they really did stay true to it, and making it work the way they did for the new generation was just incredible. It's had the same kind of replayability, and I love the A and B storylines, and you know, Leon and Claire felt great. I just thought it was just awesome, so... So that's, I just thought it was great. Yeah, I'd replayed that game a couple of times. I, I really enjoyed it. It was, I thought it was a steal for, for game of the year. Like, I thought it was a shoe in that, that Resident Evil 2 would. I thought it was the most, it had it like didn't the chops. Win anything at the game awards. It was crazy it didn't win to me. a single thing. It's I couldn't crazy. believe it. Like, I thought it sounded great, great voice acting, great story. Uh, the level design was really good. Uh, excellent, even. Uh, the gameplay was as tense as always. I don't know. I was a little surprised. I won't say I was enamored by the story, but I thought it was enough to, to push you along. Yeah, I, it's, I think it's still it's the 1998 story. It's a reboot. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. so many people who held that against it. Like, I mean, it was still because I, I I didn't get through the original, so I I loved it. Um, I I'm, I'm weird with spooky games. I I love spooky games, but I can only do them in like short bursts, like more than three hours. And I'm like, all right, gotta take a break, gotta do something else. Well, eventually your brain just shuts off, and and then I don't think the experience is as good. Like the intensity yeah. it brings. Yeah, I I I did it in bite sized pieces too. Where does it rank for you, character? Or does it rank at all, rather? Yeah, Resident Evil 2 Remake? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely up there. I don't know if it'll, you know, be a game of the year or something, but um, it. I don't have any issue with it being a remake. First of all, like I always say, we can't pretend that more people are coming into the industry without also agreeing that many people weren't born when some of these games were big or weren't able mm-hmm. to play them. So a remake, to me, means absolutely nothing. It could be somebody brand new. This could be their first year of gaming. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know people who just got their systems. So uh, it was awesome. It was done really well. I liked some of the switch-ups that they did, so it did feel fresh if, for whatever reason, you had recently come off of, you know, the <laughs> the original, which would, I guess, maybe... I know some people replayed the original, I guess, before it came out. Um, graphically, it was one of, if not oh, probably... God. Well, so it'd probably good. be, yeah, one of if not the best-looking game of the year when it comes to just presentation. It was ridiculous. And um, it was also... There were some quality-of-life enhancements, just little bits that made it like uh, so that... you shoot. Yeah, and it made consumers today, despite me liking certain things, I know consumers today expect something else. And I think they got a lot of those, which allowed even more people to get into the industry or see that game and go, wow. And uh, it was very awesome, man. I imagine loved like, it. Imagine that game in VR. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it would be. I mean, we just talked about why 7 is still not, I mean, after multiple years, is still not, you know, ported over to PC. It's crazy. I would love to see another one of those games get into VR. Yeah, we'll see. 7 was good, too. 7 didn't get enough credit. I thought it was good. Yeah. yeah. I, I really I liked, liked 7. I liked it a lot. Yeah, that, that, that sort of reeled me back in. Like, I didn't expect much from it, and, and it was a, that was a really good one. 
All right, so Resident Evil 2 topped it for you, Rob. What about you, Cowboy? Where What is number one for you for this year? Oh, for for year? The Sekiro. Oh, it is Sekiro. Sorry, I thought I saw on Twitter it was uh, Monster Hunter. Well, so, all right, I and, and this is weird because it the Iceborne came out this year, but Monster yeah. Hunter oh, yeah, actually, actually came out yeah. last year. Okay. Yeah. Um, My bad. But, I mean, Monster, Monster Hunter has... And Christ, I don't know the last game time the game has eaten this much of my my life. I have over a thousand <laughs> Dude, hours. I am PS4 the same. Already. I am the same way. We need to hook up and play, man. I still come back to that game. It's so good. I, I know it's there's there's nothing else like it. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely the most. I only it makes me feel bad for only having eighty hours, which at first was like respectable, but everyone I talk to has like two hundred plus. Um, I really think it's it's accessible in the right way. It doesn't sacrifice what the series is, but it's accessible in the right way of what Monster Hunter games truly are. Like they're very multiplayer driven. They're fun to to get all the the gear. Um, I guess it just depends if that hook can can get its claws into you, right? Like because for me, it, it didn't after the game was done. I was like, do I want to get all these these gear sets? Nah. But it was fun to fight against the the, the bosses. Essentially, I really liked that. I liked how the the world was far more far more open. Um, so it was a lot more interconnected, but now they're, they're making like a new monster hunter, right? Like that was the plan. They're not going to continue to expand on world. No, I think they're, I mean, if they're, if there is plans for a new one, it hasn't been announced yet. Um, no, I think right now they're just, they're, they're focusing on world, but I'd imagine we'll probably get a new switch game sometime in the next two years or so. Mm-hmm. That would yeah, make sense. I hope so. Yeah. Cause they did generations, yeah, wh- right? They did yeah. on the switch. Yeah. And they, uh, I think that what they might have said, and maybe this is what you're thinking, Maddie, is that um, I think Iceborne is the last new content they're adding to, That's to what Monster Hunter World. I think, yeah. So then, you know, one would have to assume that maybe sometime next year they just do announce what the next thing is going to be. Yeah, I mean, it would have been and what, hopefully three it is years? something to two switch years, or whatever. Uh, two, two years, because, yeah, 2018. I think it was January last year, okay. right? Yeah. Something Feels like, like forever ago, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's been so relevant. I don't know. It's crazy. All yeah, right. they've done a they've done a great job with that game, really. Carrick, number one for you. You you talked a little bit about Disco Elysium, but I know yeah, you said you want to be it. Okay. Yeah, I, just and it's not even just because like I want to be a surprise or anything. I have there's a couple games I haven't got a chance to play, and um, I truly like uh, for example like Cas uh what do you oh fuck the dude with the knight the, the platformer with the horn. No, that's what I was going to say. I heard Knight. you say Castle. Uh, or, and I was like, oh, yeah. Hollow Knight. Oh. I almost said Castle Crashers. Yeah, that's things. what I was like. I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, but I haven't played the new one there. And then there was a couple that I just saw. There's a game that just got... Uh, Wadham came out, which I know won't win, but I want to play that. There was a couple games that came out last week that I didn't get a chance to review that scored insanely high, too. And I, damn it if I can't remember what... I can't remember what it's called. But I want to jump in and play those because I usually play them during my birthday, which mm-hmm. is in that Christmas time anyway. Gotcha. And then in that first week of January, I'll be like, okay, I truly finished 2019 because I think the Game Awards went way early. Oh, God, like, yeah. Like, yeah. The, the, like that shit was just infuriating. And they uh, admittedly, people get mad at me yeah. for going way late, but I would thing. rather go way late and say I've I've, I've finished up on a couple of games. Like, I'll, I'll finish up Death Stranding. I'll finish up... Um, well, that's the now that I've finished Star Wars, so I'll finish that up. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot on the list. I don't think it's probably the same as a lot of other people, but because um, Disco is pretty high, Disco Outer Worlds is high though too. I mean, oh, I really yeah. liked Outer Worlds as a bite sized 
or less than gargantuan sized bite of a, of a of a role playing game. That game we're was so accustomed to huge, perfectly ones. sized. Like I don't, yeah, that game close. just hit the right. Like I, it's not my game of the year. Um, before I get into mine, but it, I don't remember the last time I played a game that just paced it out right. Like it wasn't overstaying its welcome. It wasn't too short. I felt like I had enough content. It felt replayable. It felt it just was a fun game to play. Brought you back to a really good time. Um, for me though, my, my favorite of the year was Astral Chain. I, oh my God, I'm obsessed with that game. Good choice. Good choice. I love that game, man. I mean, I, I'm a, definitely a Platinum Games fanboy at this point. They, when they released, uh, Nier Automata, granted Yoko Taro headed up the story, so it was a little different in that scenario, but when they released that, that was my game of the year. They released Astral Chain this year as my game of the year. I think they just make really cool universes, except the difference is that, with Astral Chain, its combat isn't uh, as I think you can shut off your brain and just play as we'll say um, previous Platinum games, where it was usually like heavy attack, light attack, and and some dodges. So, so there were some pretty animations on display. It made them fun to play, but it, it wasn't in the I guess in depth way that um, Astral Chain had its approach to combat, where you had like all these different Legion to pick from. And then their combos mixed and matched differently with the weapons you use. So if you had like the baton out and like the sword legion, it would have a different set of combos, and that would be better against a certain type of enemy. Versus... And each one had its own skill tree too. Yeah, which so. was insane. Like it, I couldn't Crazy. believe how deep it was. Um, I hope it did sell well because I would love to see more from that series. I I think that yeah. they learned a lot of lessons from working with Yoko Taro because the story it wasn't like mind blowing, but the story was legitimately good. And I was surprised by that. Like, there was one twist towards the end of the story that I, I actually didn't see coming and kind of, like, pulled me in again. Um, and, and it definitely had one of those, uh, Carrick, we had talked about it with Pyre back in, I think, 2017, where it had one of those moments where you're like, oh, that's it. That's the ending. All right, cool, good game. And, right. like, it, it actually continues going. You're like, wait, there's more? And, and it's sort of like, you know, that's sort of a breaking point for people. Is it like, okay, I was ready for it to end there. It should have ended there. For me, I was, like, sucked back in. I was like, holy crap, there's more. Um, and then the end game content I thought was really fun. I'm still chipping away at it. Interestingly enough, I only have like 30 hours in it cause it's about a 20 hour game, mm-hmm. but it's fun just to continuously return to, uh, the combat's good. The art style is great. I love being this almost cyber cop. Uh, it just, everything about that game just jumped off the page. It was very fan servicey too. Um, yeah, just excellent game from top to bottom as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Good choice. That's a, that's a good pick. I like that one. That was a great, I still it was need an amazing to, to game. finish it. I got like halfway into it uh, before my trip to Japan and just See, yeah, never really got back. It's, it's funny. pretty difficult. It's yeah. a difficult game, I think. It is. I was it, enjoying it. I just got to find time for it. it. It is a little difficult because it wasn't even until I beat the game that I found out you could send out your, your Legion and then pull yourself into it and do this whole different set of aerial combos. That's when I was like, oh my god, like I'm an idiot. I, I fought... The entire game pretty much wrong, still felt really good, and then you get this whole new layer. Uh, so it kind of systems worked in my favor, I guess. Um, it has really cool customization too. Um, you get some really neat outfits in the game. I'm kind of disappointed that we haven't heard anything about DLC. Uh, so I, I was I was hoping we'd see more from the game, but I, I imagine it's just a, a one and done for yeah. for platinum. But Rob, you're the first well, one to give me like this huge vote of approval for my choice. Not like anyone disapproved, but like yeah. everyone else I've talked to just not beat the game. They're like, yeah, it was good. And I was like, oh my god, 
like someone join me <laughs> it's a it's a really it's a special game i think it's just a great achievement on all fronts i think the story the combat the visuals i mean it's one of the most even though it's cell shading doesn't it kind of feel like it's something more than that it the feels way it, believable yeah the weight of the characters and the animations yeah it's that's what's strange about it is so good. is when you start up the game you have this very anime presentation but when the combat starts, at least early on for like the first three chapters, it's not fl- it's not that it does become floaty, but it's not very flippy floaty. Like your character's just a cop. And so you're very yeah. grounded with a baton and you're doing like cool moves, but there's a weight to it that other platinum games don't have. And as you get the Legion, you start leaping around. Yeah, it really does change up. So that, that was a good point. Does that rank on your list at all? Or was it just like one you really liked? No, it, it definitely did. It made it made my top 10, I want to say, somewhere like 7 or 8th of the year, I think. Cool. I, I thought it was a really strong year. In any other year, that game probably would be like a top 3. It's that good. Interesting. But there were, I mean, there were so many games. I think Unsung Heroes of the Year, games like uh, Metro Exodus and Death Stranding are like really, really good and not appreciated properly. See, I don't like Exodus that much, personally. Really? You didn't? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It oh. did not click with me. And that's like, that's perfectly up my alley i love the metro series in the first place but i'm like a huge fallout fan so like anything post-apocalyptic should click with me uh i think it it was when the when the game opened up it was too reminiscent of far cry um and and because when it was focused man that game was amazing when it like went into the tunnels when it went into like uh, you had to go into that that base that was full of spiders and sand like that was such a that was one of my favorite parts of the game like when it focuses in it's so much better. Interesting. You can, yeah, you can. You, I feel like you can tell that they're more either experienced at making interesting content in those areas, or they're just more comfortable there. I think when they so opened the open up, maps didn't work for you as well. Did not. Like. No, and oh, I didn't wow, think the story was as intriguing. I thought the ending was good, um, but I got the bad ending even though I didn't really kill anybody. I took like a very passive route, so that was that kind of annoyed me. But I don't try to let that, mm. you know, dissuade me from from liking anything. Sure. All right. Also, Code Vein. I do want to give a shout oh, out to Code Vein. That is an interesting shout out. Weeb Souls. <laughs> yeah, Weeb Souls. <laughs> it's a really good game, though. I, I spent a lot of freaking time on that game. I thought it was great. So. Yeah, did any of you guys uh, dabble like in the, the the Surge Two? Oh yes, that's yeah. an underrated I one. I love that yeah, game. It, I feel like it. I feel bad for it because I did not like the first Surge that much. I felt mm-hmm. it was I thought really, it was really janky, a lot of issues, and the Surge Two, by comparison, I thought was phenomenal. And I feel like because of how mediocre the first surge was, I don't think many people even gave the surge to a second glance. I th- yeah, like, I think oh, you're totally on that. point. Yeah, and it's like exactly what you said. Like there's so many lessons to learn that you could see instantly applied into the mm-hmm. second one. I mean, the world was way better. The story was more out of your way, but interesting if you wanted to get invested in it. Uh, combat was still fucking awesome. I love the whole decapitation or, or just dismemberment in general system and, and getting loot that way. I think that's like the the the, the saving grace of the, the franchise in general that makes it like stand apart. And I don't know if that just didn't click with people because it's like a le- extra layer of difficulty because you not only have to like, as you said earlier, do a dance with an opponent, but you have to like pick if you want to loot their head, which may require a different combo to loosen up before you chop their head off. And do you want to spend that battery to chop their head off instead of you know just healing yourself? There's there's a lot of moment to moment decisions that I think go underdiscovered because you can only feel that when you're playing but also i think are underrated in general i like the game but i also like the more i go back and look at Sekiro, and the more i go back and look at that they they're feeling pretty creaky now mm. and there was definitely some parts in secure in uh surge 2 
towards the end, towards the middle and the end, where I was getting really tired of knowing every, around every corner was going to be a, a new boss-style guy. Like, yeah, it the was, bosses it was were, really yeah. burning the fuck out of me. In particular in Surge 2, I, I felt the same way. I got really burned out of Star Wars about three-fourths of the way through. Like, I really had to basically slap my nuts to keep me up and keep me playing it. Um, but I think with Surge 2, it was even more noticeable because in Surge 2, you know, we, we all get it. It's like, run through a bunch of bad guys, there's going to be a major bad guy, and they're going to adjust it a little bit. I loved all the systems in Surge 2, and I loved the weapons, but um, there were times where it felt really artificial. And I'm starting to really get burned on any artificial style in the Dark Souls. Because Dark Souls has already got its save states, its bonfires, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And those already feel artificial. And it was amazing in Dark Souls 1, maybe, because it was so wicker work of the way the design was. And you get these other things. And each game is slightly just at Bloodborne's world. Then you get to, like, Surge 2, and I love the, uh, the, the stealing people's weapons and shit from them. That shit was awesome. But what happens is, it, it, even if you got better, you were still doing the same move every time. So <laughs> you would pull somebody's arm off the very, mo the very first fight, and then you would pull somebody's arm off the 50th fight. Yeah. And I think after you add all these titles up that are like that, I can see people looking at Surge 2 and saying... Not that I don't like it, but I can see them saying, on a sale would be a good idea. Yeah. Like, and and, and I, get, I, I get where they're coming from. I personally liked it, but I absolutely see where yeah. people are coming from. I mean, from. I like I it enough to say, it. like, go buy it full price. I thought it was really good, but I can see what you mean by that because yeah. it's definitely become a little saturated. Like, once you saw a Star Wars game of all titles start implementing, like, the, the bonfire system... Um, I think that's when it really set in, like, okay, we're, we're seeing a lot of, of this style of game now, and hopefully something will change. I don't think it's a bad system to, to mimic, because I kind of like how it's structured, because what it ha I think any game I've played, even like Darksiders 3, which I wasn't a huge fan of, um, I think those games that are structured this way have like a better focus on its world and how it's built, so it always feels good to explore, so I feel like it's never really hurt a game, per se, but it's definitely getting a little tired. Yeah, just a just a little long in the tooth. Like to see just a tiny bit more being done. Right. I get um, that. And again, Surge Two. I, I don't want to diss on. It did have other stuff going on. It's it might be just the later time of the year, where of it's course. like you got one more of these titles that are doing this. And mm -hmm. remember, I play other games like two D side scrollers and stuff that do the same thing. Yes. Or iso. There was a couple isometric games in particular. Um, that were like action, best friend, like two people could play, and they did the same thing. Hmm. And pretty soon that mechanic feels so worn out that you just sort of wish somebody came up with something just a little different. So I think part of still it, good, though. I think a big part, too, is like the combat, because, you know, essentially it's like if you're, if you're trying to cut the limb, you want to go for like a, a vertical and then three horizontals. And mm -hmm. if you're trying to break the armor, you go horizontal and three verticals. So it... You know, in Dark Souls, where I mean, at the end of the day, it's you know light attack, heavy attack, but there's a lot of, of of dodging and rolling in different times. You would use different moves, whereas in the Surge, it does become you know like oh okay, this guy has armor, I want to do this combo, and you're going to do that one combo to break the armor. And so it's I, I definitely feel you on on kind of how that it uh, it falls into a its own repetition a pattern almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I will say the weapons though, guys. 
so awesome. if there's a game oh, yeah, where a weapon feels badass. fucking hugely different it is surge 2 like if you haven't checked out surge 2 and you're like oh maybe i won't get it if you like weapon variation oh that gosh, game yeah. feels fucking absolutely different depending on which weapon you get and what mm. you can do with it it is that game nails that man if it, yeah, that's dude. that's probably Spears, the highest honor like I can the, give. The, it. Oh, the buzzsaw dude. fists that let you just like flip around like a ninja. Just, oh my god, man. It, if we're it talking, was insane. If we're talking weapons, I think uh, Monster Hunter deserves uh, <laughs> some high praise here. I have to agree. I have to agree. Not so much for me. It depends what you're playing as. I like, mean, I, I was a uh, what? What's the name of the uh, weapon type? That's like a a lancer that like shoot serves as like a shotgun too. Gunlance. Oh, uh, Gunlance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gunlance, there, yeah. there we go. I was kind of on point there. You were like right that. on point. Hey, I, I like those. Those are fun to use. And I think like the, uh, the it's been so long. So I'm sorry. I'm embarrassing myself at this point. But like the the katana. I thought like watching. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I, yeah. I, I think watching people use those was fun. I personally never dabbled in it. The the daggers were cool or the dual wield whatever what have you. Um, but I don't know. Did they add anything new with Iceborne or was it like more of the same from those classes we oh. saw? So the biggest mechanical change is they added something called the clutch claw, which is like a uh, a grappling claw that you can shoot out and use it to latch onto the monster. And then when you're on the monster, you can hit it to weaken that part of it so your weapons won't bounce. Or if the monster is not enraged and you latch onto its face, you can attack it to flip it 90 degrees and then use slinger ammo or slinger ammo to launch it into a wall, which will do like 3% of its health and then knock it down. So like a fight will start, you know, you'd go in, get your buff up, jump onto the monster's face, launch it into a wall, start beating on its head, weaken its head up. So it's a weak spot and your weapon never bounces off. I mean, mechanically, I think it, it freshens things up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Monster Hunter is one of those games that either, either clicks with you or doesn't. Cause I know people I like, like that gonna... game. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was, I was just going to say, I like the... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You go. Oh, no, go. <laughs> um, you, it, it either clicks with you and it sucks you in, or you play it and you're like, this is cool, but that's it. You don't go farther than that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, do you know what? It just dawned on me when you were describing the moves. I couldn't figure... I couldn't remember exactly what was bothering me, even though I like the game a lot, um, is collision detection and or the lack mm. thereof. And I, I, it dawned on me one of the things that especially lately as we get you know more and more advanced in like physics and stuff like that i think as i'm starting to i'm not growing out of the idea of no collision detection but i think that i notice it more easily if that makes sense i really did like the game a lot but there were times where i'm like i have these weapons and they just don't they like the bouncing was great but there were times where it went right through you know stuff you get in almost yeah, every you, game. you don't you don't feel the um, weight yeah, yeah, and there were, and, and admittedly, that was even more so because when I started, I was doing daggers, and then I jumped to that fucking hammer, which cracked me up. The hammer is yeah, hilarious totally to use, different. That, but it yeah. doesn't feel as weighty. It felt slow, but not weighty, if that makes sense. So I'm, yeah. I, I think there, I think it's awesome. It's just a different style of combat, you know. Yeah, than, no, it's it's very much others. weapons, like like a greatsword, for example. I mean, it takes a lot of patience, but you you like feel the meat on those attacks. Whereas, yeah, gotcha. Um, the dual swords, I mean, you're literally just slicing and dicing, you know. There's yeah, it just goes slice, right yeah. through them. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah well, I, th- I, th- I think what the game does, though, is it asks you to 
to to to play with every weapon and find out how to use it to its strengths and so all of those problems you know if they're by design or not i don't know but i think that the it's like you know try this weapon and figure out how it works how it waits how it animates how it works through collision detection and doesn't and find the one that you feel most comfortable with it's it's like asking you to work around those parameters kind of I think what I liked most about the game was actually, and this might be a weird take, but less of the weapons and the discovery of the the monsters you're actually hunting. Like, I, my, my favorite moment in that game was very much early on. It was when, you know, you, you accept a mission, you're like, oh, go hunt an Anjanath. You're like, okay, you know, like, Monster Hunter, why not? And you, like, go in there, you get dropped into this area, you're like, okay, like, you know, I got to get familiar with my surroundings. And, and you find out they're just dynamically moving around the map on their own. They have their own, like, cycles as you, like, track them down. And just seeing, like, an Anjanath practically ambush my friends and I, we have to, like, make this, like, huge escape. Um, I like that. So once the game ran out, which is why Iceborne is intriguing to me, by the way, once the game obviously ran out of new monsters to present to me was when my interest started to fade. And that's not a diss to it. It's a, really a testament to how great uh, the execution of their, like, world spaces were with, like, meeting these creatures and, like, how, I guess, like, you could encounter them in so many different areas doing different things. Um, that's what I loved most about it. And obviously the weapons you got from it was nice, but I think that really came second for me. It was more of like the actual hunt itself, like finding them, tracking them. I, I loved that part so much about the game. It felt like very authentic in this weird way. But now, do you guys want to talk about games of the decade since we're talking so much about a, a 2018 game? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. We'll wrap up the conversation with that. There is so much that we could possibly go through. I'm sure there is stuff that people will freak out that we miss, but this is our list. So who wants to get it started? What, it doesn't even have to be number one, man. Like, just what is one of your favorite games in the last I'll 10 go. years? Oh, man. Carrick's just... Dragon's Dogma. Wow! Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> I've reviewed that take. game three fucking times, man. Like, every that thing could release on a Casio calculator, and I'd find a way to review it. <laughs> it is phenomenal, even with all its issues. I fucking cannot wait to play that game again. Like, I'm, I'm legitimately getting ready to play it again. Okay, I like the verticality. Its combat isn't the best, but it's got unique combat. I love the different spell types that are a little bit a little bit unique. Also, the fact that they graphically enhance things, like when you cast, you know, different spells on your shields and your pawns. The ability to rent your, you know, your pawns to your best friend right. is fucking hilarious. Because the number of people I would have who would email me and say, dude, I rented your pawn and it was the worst choice of my life. <laughs> like, your pawn smashed everything. And to me, that's how I played. And the idea that they collected data around the world was just something I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And it, it worked. And it, to me, that game, with all the little systems, stuff you don't even know about, stuff people are actually legitimately just now finding out. Like the bug that allows you to, there's a quest you can go on. And, if, and you go with a girl, a little girl. And if you stick with her for too long, the game bugs out and she becomes your romantic interest. As like a nine-year-old. It's creepy oh as fuck. But there's all these little things that are stuck in this game. And uh, day-night cycle in almost any game in the world is a complete lie. Almost any game I've played, day-night cycle is bullshit. Night looks blue. It's too bright. It never looks like night. It never actually looks I right. I can imagine and it gets really dark. That game, yeah. When the, when the, and when, you, when the zombies start coming through the ground... And it's oh, yeah. and it's jet black, and that mm. first time you're like going to the Grand Soren, mm-hmm. it it fucking it lights my fire. And again, climbing on enemies is something that Monster Hunter's done, is something all these games have done. Um, but they handled it perfectly in this 
in this game while still not making it feel like it was the main part of the game. It was like you could do this. It's interesting. And it was cause, crazy. Because you said you've gone back to it three times. I yes, played it time. and played it to death, mind you, when it first came out because I am a huge advocate of that game. But anytime I've, I've tried to go back to it twice now and I've failed each time. And I think it's because I need to play it on the Switch. I don't know why. Um, but when I tried to play like Dark Arisen on my PS4, just something didn't click with me. Um, when I tried to replay, I think was Dark Arisen as well re-released on PS3 yeah. and 360. Because mm-hmm. yeah. okay, I did definitely try it then. Um, it didn't click with me then. Um, so I think the Switch might be the the key here, just because that'll be like a more fresh experience. Um, but it also, I, I think as I've tried to go back each time, that's definitely a game that takes a little while to get going. Mm-hmm. It's a great and game. It's but also it takes solitary a while. as fuck. Like there's yeah. something very so. I don't know how to describe it. Almost lonely feeling. About that game, and oh, but see, I love that in games. I love. I, so did I, but I games. don't know if a second time is like as enjoyable as the first because yeah. of that, or yeah. for me. And the Switch version nailed it for me. The Switch is that that version is easily my favorite version. I, th- I think a big part is the I don't want to call it the tutorial, but it essentially is. But like the first, yeah. the trip to Grand Soren. Yeah, oh my god, it's oh. like five five six hours to get there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's the slowest moving cart in existence. And you're oh like, oh my god, you just just move about the cart. Oh, suddenly, yeah. I don't want to try it again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but once you get there, man, it's like, yeah, just massive, massive world that you can explore and get into, and just you gotta you gotta get over that hump first. I, yeah, well, I've I heard that game is amazing and. Yeah, my, my brother has been raving about it since it came out, too. He's always wanted me to play it, and I've just been lazy. Even when it came out onto the Switch, like my favorite console right now. Yeah, I'm sure. I was like, I'll get to it eventually, and, and I still haven't done it, but I've heard it's amazing. Yeah. All right, so I got one. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it up with the weird the weird picks. Let's uh, go weird. Danganronpa. I, I, Carrick oh. knows about it because I don't yeah, shut up Yeah, I was going to say, it. this in no way, shape, or form surprises me. <laughs> is this a PSP game? Isn't that PSP game? Uh... I think originally, yeah, it's, it was a Vita game originally, okay. uh, but it got ported to like the PS4. It's on PC now. Uh, for those listening uh, during the week this releases, it is on sale. You can get the first one for $10 on Steam. I, I hope one day they do bring it to the Switch. I think it will find an audience there. I imagine that's inevitable because it's already has a home on a portable console. But yeah, I've played that entire series. I've replayed the first one a couple of times. I, I, I replayed the second one once. I adore it, and by the way, it is a like a visual novel series, so I think that's a testament to just how good the storytelling and writing is. Uh, that doesn't mean there isn't gameplay; like it's a complete investigation game too. Not on the terms of like we'll say Ace Attorney, um, but you know, you like pretty much the concept is you're a bunch of teenagers, you get trapped in this school, and the only way you can get out is if you kill someone and get away with it. And so that's what happens is like people start to die and you have to like investigate, you go to a trial and it's like these two, three hour long sessions of like verbal battles against like people who are your friends, but also not your friends. And the biggest character twists happen during them. It is enthralling. It is easily like I say to people all the time, like when you look at new IP, new series that have been established uh, in the last decade, like it's easily my favorite, like hands down best new IP that's come out in the last the, decade. The way you describe it is nothing, not even in the same genre ballpark is what I thought those games were. <laughs> I thought they were like um, like a, a weird puzzle-solving, side-scrolling indie 2D kind of game or something. Oh, well, like, you see, what's funny that you mentioned that is in Danganronpa 2. Yeah, it does do that. Because in Danganronpa oh. 2, well, in the first oh. one, you explore in first person. In the third one, you explore in first person. And the second one, you do run around in this 2D map and it's really like stylish. Uh, it's really pretty. 
uh, during these trials, it's not just like vo- voice lines. It's it's like there are mini games that you use to like help incriminate people. Once again, to give it that flavor of gameplay, so it's not boring. Like it's so hard to sell people on like, hey, it's part visual novel, part investigative game, but it's so much more fun than that. Um, I will say, two's mini games are leave a lot to be desired. Um, but with that being said, yeah, it's funny you mentioned the puzzle part because there's this one called Hangman's Gambit. It is from two. No one really likes it, myself included. Um, but yeah, there, there is like mini games like that. that it's weird. I, I thought that was like the, just the conceit of the whole series, and I think it was like probably something because i know like greg miller is like a big fan of that and i've been following greg miller miller for years like mm-hmm. a lot of us have and he he would talk about it a lot and i think that somehow he had confused the way he talked about it one time or some screenshot i thought i saw so mm-hmm. i thought the whole series was that i just thought that was what it was yeah i actually so. funny enough because they him and when colin moriarty was with him they used to talk together about it a lot because colin yeah, they was both like liked it. yeah colin was big on it colin's the one who got me into it so it's funny you mentioned that but yeah, that's yeah. definitely in the last decade. Oh my god, that series is so great. Someone, someone in my internet group of friends needs to play it so I can just geek out to them about it. You it said re- it's on the PS4 now, right? It is. It is, and and I have friends who played on the PS4. The ports are good. Gotcha. Oh man, Rob's gonna be my saving grace here. Open mind, I mean, Rob. I'm, I'm definitely willing to try. I mean, I kind of like that it's a little bit more of a weirder thing than I thought. Like, yeah, I, I mean, so that just changes everything. I thought about that game. What's interesting though is it's like you know how I described in the beginning of the show, like that Caligula effect game. I was like, that's very weeby. Like this one isn't though. And what's strange is you'd expect like a Japanese inspired visual novel to be very uh, weeby, we'll yeah. say, but it, the, it really I mean, the isn't. The name itself, yes, yeah, like, the name you know, sounds weeby. And and when you compared it to like Phoenix Wright, which I, those I haven't played, I know those games are good though. Mm-hmm. I, I it kind of feels like it would be that kind of game, but I guess it yeah. Isn't. It definitely has its inspirations, and there are, like, of course, as a Japanese game, it's moments. I mean, I I don't even want to say, I want to use the word tolerate. I'm used to it. I I enjoy that kind of stuff because I think it's, like, fun and different. Um, But I know a lot of people don't, which is why I use the term weeby. Um, But, yeah, it definitely... Weebish? Yeah, it it doesn't really go down that line too much, though. Um, And I, I know for a fact, if anything, you'll love the story. I don't. I, I mean, haven't met anyone who doesn't he, like the story. He liked Code Vein. He'll probably like this. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm yeah. in. Keep, I'm keep in, man. Weeb. Let's go I, I can. I can weeb when I need to weeb. I can do it. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. You're fitting in well. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, which one of you two, Rob or Bill, have a have a game of the decade? Um, I'm 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 torn because well, all right. So so my my actual pick would have been Monster Hunter, but we already discussed that. So, um, aside from that, um. I'm going to go for, for the generic big one, which I think everyone will agree was phenomenal, was obviously Witcher 3. I think that mm. just, you know, no, nothing needs to be said about Witcher 3. It's phenomenal. It's already been said. <laughs> um, but my, my, one of my personal favorites of the last decade would be Neo. I, I loved everything because I, I love builds, like crunching numbers, figuring out what's the most broken, ridiculous OP thing I can do. And Neo kind of like it, it was almost a mashup of like Diablo and Souls. You know, you have that super difficult combat, but thousands of pieces of armor and weapons and set right. bonuses and unique stuff. And you could, I mean, like it started off hard. And when you knew what you were doing, like I mean, hell, I remember being on on Way of the Neo super final difficulty and having a setup where I would one shot bosses, like literally two hundred thousand awesome. damage in an attack. That's awesome. And that not a lot of, yeah, not a lot of games let you have that level of a power fantasy while still being like, you know, if someone doesn't know what they do, you know, if, if, for example, if I handed my build to Maddie 
it would just get the floor would get mopped with them. Well, hold but on. I platinum this you, game. Use someone else like, as an give example. Give me some credit hold here. Hold on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's put Carrick on. I'll put a Carrick on the spotlight. Carrick would get. Dude, mopped. I beat it twice. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, he th- the gauntlet has been thrown down. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's just something about about that level of of build crafting and customization that just it, it makes it satisfies game. me so much. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I, I love that game. That's a, that's a good pick. I, I really like that one. I, I I remember watching your review. You didn't like the mob enemies, right? I think that's been a common. The what? the mob enemies like you know the ones that you just encounter between bosses the ball wait review I don't, I don't, like I don't you did like an end of your playthrough review oh mob you mean the blobs the mob mob like I mob think enemies he means like just like regular Isn't random kind of walking around yeah I, like, I think i know what you mean yeah yeah like the enemies in between bosses that, that just are like just little... littered in the area that you fight like standard oh. enemies i mean it's it's been a long time but i i don't know I've played so much. I mean, I, some parts that it does feel like, you know, you're just like, okay, fuck this guy. And you pop, you know, tiger sprint, like super speedy scroll and then invisibility scroll. And you're just like, and you just zip past like 80 different assholes just to reach the boss. Cause you're tired of dealing with them. I have to say, I, I loved Neo and I am so excited that there's a sequel coming out. Yeah. I, surprised I, I that think too. I'm curious if what you guys will think about this. I think that that game might have been harder to me than dark souls or bloodborne was. Does anyone feel that way? No, I, 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 I did. Yeah. yeah I found it to be harder. It, Neo is very, I mean, well, I, to start the combat, I would argue is definitely harder because of the stamina system. You know, you have, you have to tap that button to retain oh, your stamina too, right? Yeah. The stance dancing. Um, I know a big thing a lot of people missed is early on, if if you don't pick up the like key man key earth skills in your trees that let you dodge instead of hitting key pulse to recover your stamina, you're you're basically useless because an attack's coming. You have to dodge. You dodge, and then you're left with a fraction left, of stamina left. Stamina, yeah. One hit, and you're dead. Right. So there there are certain things that like if you don't you know if you don't understand those types of games and go looking in the trees and be like all right where's my where's my stamina management, you know how do I up this. It, they'll get you and they're incredibly difficult but i think once you learn it's it's one of those games where like once you you really know what you're doing and you know know what set bonus you want to go for and know how to work the super convoluted blacksmith to, to smith up your god swords then you can really get ridiculous but until that point i mean especially for somebody that's just thrown into it it's an incredibly challenging game it's making me want to i i never beat it i did get kind of distracted away from it i got really far though uh, but now it's been like whatever two years since that game came out, and so it's this is kind of making me want to just go and just start it again from the beginning and actually push through it because it was, man, it was well, so fun, man. This point, you got the the sequels coming out in three, and months. that's true. Oh, is it that yeah, soon? To, yeah, it comes what? out in March. It comes out the oh week after God. the Final Fantasy VII remaster. Get out of town. That's yeah. great and terrible news at the same time. I can't. Uh, Mar- even... March is going to be uh, disgusting. So we have we have uh, Final oh, Fantasy VII reboot, Neo Two, and then uh, Doom. All, all like week Animal after week Crossing. after week. Yeah, yeah. Animal Crossing. I'm a weird Nintendo fan who's not an Animal Crossing fan, but that is a huge release that a lot of people will also play. So, and I think yeah. Ori doesn't Ori come Ori out? Ori does that month? come out, and Ori I want to play so badly. I'm dying for that. Is it like four or five huge games, and then April has Cyberpunk? So just what the hell? Yeah, like yeah. if Cyberpunk wasn't just sitting like looting, like, looming over all of the March releases, I don't think it would be that intimidating. But knowing that like a must play AAA RPG is just sitting there afterwards. You have to pick and choose. It's it's so intimidating. <laughs> Man, Bet you a million I thought dollars Neo was... at minimum one, if not if not two, are delayed. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine someone's delaying because it's just too crowded. That's what usually happens, right? Like they yeah. just push one out. Yeah, of there. why wouldn't they do that? Somebody's got to move, man. It's Somebody's probably gonna be Final move. Fantasy. That'd be my guess. Well, there was... Yeah, Ori. There's been some rumors about that too. Yeah. So. Oh. I don't remember who it was. I was talking about this with somebody, but there's um, it's it's like a a double A title, and they're trying to release the same date as um. Yeah. Cyberpunk. Yeah, it's the what? same day as Cyberpunk. It's uh, fuck. We just talked about this on the podcast. Um, like there's, counter- it's, there's not only that one. There's a, one release in the day after, which is weird because I think it's like a Friday instead of a Thursday or a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday. Um, oh man, I can't remember it. But there mm-hmm. is for sure a game that people saw the release date and were just like, "What are you thinking?" It's counter programming. You know, they do that in movies all the time. Like you know, Star Wars comes out, but they also release Cats. Because it's like the total opposite audience, right? So yeah. maybe that's what they're trying to do with Cyberpunk. Yeah, I feel like Cyberpunk's one of those games where it's like, you know, especially mm-hmm. coming off yeah. of the success of The Witcher Three, you know, it's gonna be one of those it's games. Probably where it's, gonna hit everybody except yeah, for NFL two Kers. Yeah. yeah, you gotta <laughs> yeah. you gotta play, you gotta experience it. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Hopefully, it doesn't end up being one of those games that, after such like a phenomenal success like The Witcher, that it, it kind of like drops the ball in a couple of areas. Like I think the storytelling. I absolutely think it will. Yeah, like, I just I get this feeling, and I think it's because I felt so confident with the first showing, and then the way that they drastically switched up a second showing closer to launch, that like did not put any confidence in me. I'm still really excited for it. So me too. Yeah, but, I'm really excited, but in no way, shape, or form do I think it's going to perform like people like or do what people think it'll do yeah it's just something about it and i know people will laugh now um mm, i don't but... know dude i think it's coming up a lot where people are starting to remember they've gone out of their way to pull back away from witcher 3 if you look at how PRs handled they have done everything they mm-hmm. can to pull people's like comparisons away it's not as long it's not this it's it's about you know verticality and depth instead of open world and breadth which is all cool but I just have a feeling some people won't experience it because one of the things that happens with Witcher 3 is if you play it, it might be a long time between start and end, mm-hmm. and and you might experience thousands of things. If it is deeper, I could see some people beating it very quickly, and you get the very atypical bullshit, oh, it's only this many hours reviews. Oh, yeah. it's only this many hours opinions because they don't want to replay it, which I get. But there's going to be, I think it's going to be deep, uh, or wide and a bit deep. And that actually causes a lot of issues with gamers. They, like, a lot of gamers aren't actually big fans of that. They pretend they are. But when you give them one, you find out that they're not. Yeah. Hope yeah. I'm wrong. I mean, we all do. But, yeah, I don't think that by any stretch it'll be bad. I just think that there is nope. a little looming concern for me at the very minimum. Rob, what about you? Throughout this last decade... What is what has touched your heart? Oh man, a lot of freaking games. Like honestly, <laughs> this this conversation could almost be like its own two hour podcast, right? If, if you think can. about like what we're even trying to touch on. And I was like racking my brain. I was looking up stuff online to remind myself of games that I maybe missed. I wrote down like twenty games. <laughs> um, but uh, if if I was to boil it down to like a quintessential like two or three, I mean, okay, so two games that really jump to mind are obviously Skyrim is a big one and yeah, Breath of the Wild which is really recent is a big one uh, I think God of War 2 or God of War on the PlayStation 4 I think Super Mario Galaxy 2 on the Wii these are like massive game releases but if 
even as a Nintendo fan, it's crazy that I'm going to say a non-Nintendo game, but if, if there's one game I think of for this past decade, it's The Last of Us on the PlayStation 3. Mm. That game really, really did something special to me. And, and it, I mean, it was, it was a big hit, so obviously everyone knows it's a great game. I'm not, like, picking an obscure title here. But that game just, you know, when that game came out in 2013, like, Gaming had been spending a good four or five years really transitioning into like, look at how cinematic we can be. Look at how many stories we can tell. Look at how we can kind of do what movies do. And and can games make you feel things? Is that even possible? Are mm-hmm. games art? Like these were questions we were asking at like the end of the 2000s and in the early 2010s. Like that was a big conversation. And, you know, could it, could a video game ever make you cry? And most people were like, oh, no, video games can't do that. And I'm not going to say Last of Us made me cry, but I will say that what it did do was it told a story that totally impacted me and that I thought was phenomenal. And like the whole direction of the narrative, like the direction, the way a movie director directs a movie. And I mean this in a good way, because I think some people get mad when they think about video games being compared to movies. I don't think it's a bad thing to do anymore, but I know some people do. Um, I just think that that game was just a massive achievement cinematically, visually, gameplay-wise, stealth-wise, character-wise. It just it just totally floored me. Like, I didn't think Naughty Dog could make a better game than Uncharted 2, and hmm. I think they did with Last of Us, and I still think it's their best game. Um, and so, I, and it also, like, even though there's a chance that I maybe think Breath of the Wild is a better game than Last of Us. I, I might even actually think it is from just a video game standpoint. I just think that what The Last of Us was and the kind of game it was at the time it came out feels like it defines where gaming went from the beginning of the 2000s and 2010 to where we are now. It kind of is like a kind of a combination marriage of like all these crazy things that gaming kind of did throughout the decade. So uh, that's kind of my long-winded story, but I just I just really love Last of Us, so that's the oh, one that jumps to my mind. Yeah, definitely one of my favorites too. Um, I think just it was at a time. <clears throat> pardon me. It was at a time where like opening up your backpack and crafting supplies on the go in the middle of combat was actually like brand new. That was the other thing. Mm-hmm. Like I think if people pick it up now from a gameplay standpoint, they'll realize it's like it's very heavy, it's very weighty, uh, it feels yes. good, but it's definitely not like reinventing the wheel. But it, it definitely was the start of a trend for a while, which still goes on to this day. Yeah, it's uh, not very complex. I mean, I think we'd agree. It's not yeah. like it's a complex. Yeah, just game. pick up these parts, put it together. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty simple. Because it had a different goal in mind, and I think that the fact that they had a goal that I previously never cared about, which was telling a crazy story with characters, and oh my god, the ending, the twist, holy, like, are they going to be okay? Like, I never really cared if my video game characters in my game stories were okay. But right. in that game, I cared. I, you know, no spoilers or whatever, but I, I didn't want anyone to I, die. I, I was like, I wrestled be with okay. the ending. Yeah, I wrestled with the ending quite oh. a bit because I was very unsure if I liked it or not. Despite, I, was, I remember, like, end of Act mm. 1, a certain thing happens. You'll know what I'm talking about. And I remember, oh, like, yeah. you know, I just was like, oh, my God. Like, what just – everything just fell apart. And then yeah. it just gets worse and worse. And at the end, like, you know, the decisions that were made, I was, at first I was, I didn't like it, but as I look back on it now, it's like a, it's like an ending that sort of had to marinate because over time, like I loved it more and more. I was like, wow, that was really bold. Like, hold on. That was, that was really good. Now that I think about it, because it's, it's very like humanizing. uh, It fits its character as well. And I I just, yeah, that's a game that um, very few games have time do them justice and get better over time. And and I think that's one of the yeah. few games that actually manages to do that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that ending, I think, is one of the most important parts of that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that I actually liken it to Death Stranding. I don't know if anyone here has beaten Death Stranding. And it's it's obviously, like, really controversial. And it's not, like, the greatest game ever. But the way both The Last of Us and Death Stranding end, it's like... It's not so much that you're satisfied because it does make you think like, was this, what was this journey? What is this? Was this even worth it? Did I even Mm -hmm. get a resolution? I feel almost unfulfilled, but they just like left me full of a feeling. And I was even trying to explain it to my girlfriend a little bit too. Like, I was like, I have a feeling in me. I I don't know what it (laughs) is. Hardest job in the world. (laughs) I'm yeah. It's like, I'm feeling it. Like, what do I do with this? And both, I mean, Death Stranding, yes, that's recent. But when we look at The Last of Us, that final stinger moment you know like she says a line and she looks away with her face and then it cuts to black i was like what is my whole life i just was like reevaluating and uh and luckily the game is also still full of gameplay right it's not like Mm -hmm. a like a uh, um heavy rain kind of thing where it's not about the gameplay like the game was about the gameplay too which is also why i think it works so yeah anyway that's just that's so good that's my game i do have i do have one more i want to mention it's one i recently played it's a re-release um it definitely would fit in best of the decade but it had an original release on the ps3 many years ago uh it's a quiet release it's from the studio that made the persona games um they made this new series called catherine has anyone here heard of it or played it oh yeah okay so uh, i don't have you guys yeah, yeah i don't know there's a trend here uh, I guess it's because I like to make the niche picks. I, I just feel like they're f- more fun to talk about. Um, yeah, have you guys played it? You just heard of it? I, I'm aware it. of it, but never. I, I played the first game, yeah. Or okay. the, yeah, the PS3 release. Yeah. Okay, so then you, you'll know what I'm talking about. I don't think there's anything like that game at all. Like, straight up. There's nothing like Catherine. Um, it's like a, a puzzle game, which I, by the way... To preface, I hate puzzle games, so it's kind of a testament that I've beat this game twice now. Um, And there's like 13, 14 endings in full body, which just came out in September. But um, it's a puzzle game, um, and there's I guess it's because each new puzzle adds a a different mechanic, whether it's like an ice block, a bomb block, a crumbling block. Um, Essentially, you're climbing this tower. But in between that is, is like amazing storytelling like unprecedented it's so good because yeah. it's 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 a hilarious game uh only game outside of i'd say borderlands 2 that literally got me to like howl while i was laughing you know and, and south park of course like typical funny ones but this game like had just a legitimate tangible humor to it uh just because vincent the main character kind of is bumbling his way through his own relationship while thinking he's like cheating on on his his current girlfriend and, and trying to like balance that with this crazy nightmare he's having that he can't remember. And nightmares, by the way, are the puzzles, so it's actually kind of ironic. I don't know how, once again, it's one of those games, uh, like I was talking about my friends about Bioshock with my friends last night. I was saying, like, how do you think Ken Levine just got on paper the ending for Bioshock Infinite and then went into Burial at Sea and then tried to write that down and explain it to a whole team? That's sort of how I felt with, like, Catherine from a gameplay standpoint and a, a storytelling standpoint, I'm like, how do you stitch all this together, all these endings, this karma system you have where as you make choices, it determines the ending you're going to get and who lives in your playthroughs because uh, you're not the only one in these nightmares. There are people you meet at this bar you go to that are involved in the same nightmare. I'm like, how do you... It's like almost a mastercraft in that way, right? Like uh, you have ones like like The Last of Us where you see it's like very well-directed 
And um, it's not like what I'd say a Catherine is, where there's so many moving moving parts and so much like symbolism and themes tied to everything that you know. If you looked at extra layer deeper, it's like something you can really appreciate on a, on in a different area. Um, so yeah, Catherine's definitely one that that like shot up the list for me. If it weren't a re-release, um, I probably would put it on my game of the year list as like a top three. I thought it was excellent, but I just feel like because it was just a touched up version with like a new ending. Um, from a game that I don't know when the original actually came out. Um, I can't really put it in Probably a... like 2011 or something like that. Wow, while ago. Yeah, 2010 or 11. Based on where I was living at the time, I feel like that would have been it. Because I remember... I want to give a... Uh, I'm going to give an honorable mention to one that a lot of people didn't really vibe with, but I think has improved since launch. For Honor. Yes. Or dude, I I still I play mm. for I, I'm, I when this when this podcast is done, I'm probably getting drunk and playing for honor. I play it almost <laughs> every Friday and I mean still to this day, there there is no other fighting game that is that fun to me. And I mean, I have tried, you know, like a uh, Chivalry and what was the other one, Mordhal and mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's kind of there, but there's too much technical bullshit going on and and for honor just has it has just the right amount of of difficulty but with the ability to like you know do mix-ups and go for parries or go for feints and i mean still every time i play it it's just as satisfying as the first day just you know knocking somebody out and going for an execution and pushing them off the map (laughs) oh god dude gravity kills are still the best because you always it's always somebody that's not paying attention and you just run (laughs) notch them on off oh man yeah i was i was actually just making a video uh a week or so ago about Ubisoft, and I was talking about how I think they're a little underappreciated in some areas, and I brought up For Honor, and I was like, no game fights like For Honor. Like, it's it's very... It responds well, but also, I, I just feel like you read your enemy's movements in a way that not a lot of other fighters allow you to. Um, mm-hmm. and you went into a lot more depth than I could, because you, you definitely play it more than me. Um, but I just... I enjoyed that game a ton. Uh, and it's one that, ironically, because you mentioned how, like, at launch it was getting... Um, tossed around in the mud whereas now it's a lot better i remember playing uh the alpha and then i played the full release and like i saw the progression there i was like wow this is immense well, I think, and i think one of the big problems because I, I remember i did a a preview event with ubisoft for the game back when, when they I were like it, yeah getting ready to go and i mean after the fact i was down in the hotel lobby i was drinking and talking to the devs and we started talking about servers and they're like oh no we have this great new peer-to-peer system and me and everyone else that was at that table was like no don't don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do peer to peer. This game will need servers. And they're like, no, 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 no. This the system is revolutionary. And everyone told them. And sure enough, when the game came out, mm. I would say that was the the number one gripe is people were like, this fucking latency is unbearable. Mm-hmm. And I mean, now 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 it's actually on servers. And you know they've they've done like free to play launches of it and shit. But it, it's it's so sad because like I'll go on and play, and I mean. I, the community definitely isn't nearly as big as it used to be. I'd say on any any average given Friday, there's maybe I don't know a thousand to, to two thousand, three thousand people playing. So like you'll see the same people throughout the night, but it's just like man, and they're and they're like they're still supporting it and still you know giving it updates and shit. And I'm like, reminds me of Smite. That's yeah. that's one that's like you know it's tight knit community. I love Smite. That would definitely be a best of the decade for me as well. Uh, just. I don't think I continuously come much like how you talk about uh, For Honor, where you just keep coming back. Same thing with Smite. I, I, I played it since it was first like in its beta in I think 2012 or something like that. I've just played it ever since. Um, you know, I took like a, a little bit of time off last year from it, but 
for the most part, I have played a shit ton of Smite, and uh, it's just constantly evolving. But you do see, like, the same people, because it's not a super gigantic community. Like, it's there, it's clearly supporting the game. Like, they just did a collaboration with the Ruby anime, and they, they put in, like, skins for, for Yang, Ruby, uh, Weiss, and, and um, Yang. And so, yeah, it, it just, they, they do such a good job with that game and keeping it mostly balanced. Um, so I, I understand where you're coming from with that. That's a, that's another really good one. Anyone, got, anyone are... else got any other ones they want to toss in? What about, um, not, not best, but what about like the biggest oof of the year? Would that be fun? Yeah. Well, if you guys got some time, we can do, we can all pick an oof. Of, of right. 2019? Got... Yeah. Hmm. Decade I, I, would be way too hard. There's too many. I, mean, I, yeah, no. I had so I, many I already, decade games I wanted to bring up. I mean, 20, 2019, I don't know if y'all played it, but did you play the Blair Witch game? No. I played oh, it. My I played fucking it. It was terrible. God. Did you oh hate it? Oh, my God. It was a fucking walking simulator. Literally. It was. It was. It was I actually was, did, I didn't hate it. Go ahead. I, go ahead. I want you to talk about it. I, I just right, want so to say I didn't I, hate it. When it first starts off, it was, you know, I was kind of like, all right, it's good. You know, you're, you're exploring the woods a little bit. You're figuring out some puzzles. <laughs> And then, I don't know, maybe it was by, like, hour three, it, it goes from, like, kind of open and kind of spooky to just keep fucking walking forward, and that's how you play the rest of the game. You get into yeah, the house, true. just it's look true. down at the floor and walk forward. Like, there's no, there's no hiding, there's no running, you just fucking walk forward. Like, I could have left a weight on my W key, gone, taken a shit, come back, and I probably would have been done the level. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, this is... Yeah, it's uh, it's by the nature of the source material, they kind of write themselves into a corner, right? Yeah. If you think about it, and so that's kind of the tricky thing. Uh, it's definitely like not a great game, and every complaint about it is accurate. My experience, I think, was unique because one, I am just a major fanboy of the original game, and so I'm automatically, you know, I have those blinders on, and I know that. Uh, I was just excited for like a cool, scary looking game that's like in the Blair Witch lore because I think that it's an incredible story and the original movie is so good. Um, also, my girlfriend and I are huge fans of these kinds of games and of scary movies and stuff. So we actually played it together. Like we turned the lights off and I was playing it and she was watching with me. And we just kind of had fun being like, holy shit, this creepy forest. Oh my God, like what's going on? And, you know, you get into like the backstory of the protagonist, which isn't very Blair Witch like, but it was like something that kind of was trying to give you a narrative. And uh, I, I think the reason I liked it is just I just kind of liked walking around a creepy forest at night. It was really just kind of that simple. Like there's not a lot to it. And and like I said, you can't have a lot of things to combat. They can't show you a lot of scary things right in your face because it would conflict with what the lore is. Um, so it's like it's not a great game. And I totally respect all the reasons to hate it. But I. I definitely did not hate it. I was glad that I played it for free on my Game Pass, right? So that's kind yeah. of where I'm at with it. I think, I think part of it was the how they, they tied in like a PTSD angle. I feel yeah, like the there's, there's a place thing, and time yeah. for it. And it was it was super like, you know, you're, you get, you're one minute you're walking through spooky woods and the next you're getting bombed in Afghanistan. And it's like, wait, wait what? Like, I, was, I get it. You know, it's, it's a mental <laughs> yeah. health issue, but yeah. it, I feel like it wasn't the place or time for it. And it mm -hmm. kind of just ruined the pacing. It definitely didn't aid the game. Uh, I'll agree with that. So it's it's too bad. I'm trying to think of another oof. I don't know if I have much of an oof this year. I feel like I managed to just kind of play games that I like. I got one. I got one that's a bit of a spicy one. I don't think a lot of people spicy. agree with it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think – I thought Borderlands 3 was an oof. I, thought, I don't want to say it's an oof, but I, I'm definitely – 
I was really hyped for it, and then that game just fell into like the perfect five out of ten pile of mediocrity category for me. That's I what I'm saying. I expected so I, much I beat more. It. Yeah, I beat it, and then just was kind of like, eh, no real point to go back to this. Yeah, exactly that. Like it was playable. Um, I had fun with the gunplay and the looting, as you would with Borderlands, but like everything else. On a technical level, it was awful for me. Like, I, I, I at times made comparisons to Fallout 76, which was terrible. Um, it was not that broken across the board for everybody, but my experience, I even, like, documented in videos. So if anyone ever wants to go check that, um, I just, I thought it was, it ran so bad on, on the PS4. Like, I fell through the map one time because I was glitching around. Like, we wouldn't be able to complete a ton of quests, have to reset our app, reset the, the, um, the save file, like, it was just it was it ran so bad for me, and when you top, pile that on top of like a story that is so I hate to use the word because it's it's the most overused word on the web, but like so cringe inducing half the time, like just really god awful humor um, that just clearly like lost vision of what its audience liked about the humor um, until like the last five hours. It's like clicking on all cylinders, but by then it was too late. It was like all right, I already had like thirty hours of as you said like mediocrity. So I was yeah. very just done with it. So for me, it was an oof. I, I plan on being with that one in the long haul. Like, it was really fun to cover. I, I played each Borderlands game leading up to this one. Like, I was I was super excited for it. And I don't, I don't rarely, I very rarely, rather, um, get in on a game so much that I'm, like, playing everything before launch. And so, like, when I do that and then you play three and it's just like, oh, my God, like, this just isn't very good. Like, it's just there. Yeah. Um, I, I feel you. I haven't didn't didn't make a single build for it. Didn't I expected to do the same? Yeah. The just kind of like no. Nah, yeah. Just... I dropped it so fast. Like I beat it. I was like, all right, I'll make my review. And then they announced DLC. I was like, nah, okay, done. And I just deleted it. I was done with I it. I have a I have a goof that's not a game, but it kind of is a game. Uh, so I am like the world's biggest Metroid fan. That's my favorite franchise of all time. And the very first month of the year is when they announced the delay of Metroid Prime 4 and the restart <laughs> and all of that, which was soul crushing to like a degree that I just can't even describe. <laughs> so that's kind of, a, that was a big oof for me. I felt pretty oofed after that happened. That's like, definitely just, an oof. <laughs> that's a very yeah, Rob oof. <laughs> it's a very Rob specific, Metroid specific oof, but it really hurt because I was like, I mean, Metroid Prime 4 is a game that I'd been saying for years we would never see because the story didn't really dictate a fourth game. But that is the game they decided to make. And mm-hmm. I will I will say, and I've my audience has heard me say this many times, I think that if the game was turning out bad, that they did the right thing. So I'm not saying that it was the wrong call if the game just happened to suck behind the scenes. But I feel I think we were so close to that game otherwise being shown for the first time, like gameplay. And something bad happened behind the scenes, man. Like last guardian levels of bad. And so they, they scrapped it and they restarted to the point where they had to address the fans. Right. I mean, think we've never seen any company do that. They put their own video up on YouTube. Hi, we're the Nintendo people. We're the developers of this game and you're really excited for it. But we restarted development. Yeah. Like they told that to people and that's like never happened. So that was a hard way to start the year for me. I mean, that ha- so one of my all-time favorite games, Phantom Dust, they they did a promotional trailer for it. I want to say it was E3 2016. Um, and then it was Radio Silence. We found out that essentially the studio that was supposed to be remaking it, just they weren't doing anything. Um, I don't know, they blew the money on, on Hookers and Coke. As uh, you do. Yeah. Microsoft shut them down. 
and then gave it to a different group that ended up just taking the original game from 2009 and like rebooting it for 4K. And it's like free to play now. It's the same OG game, but man, I remember seeing that trailer and being like, "This is fucking it. This is this is Phantom Dust's big break." Yeah, it turned out to be nothing. Yeah, nothing. Unfortunately. Carrick, yeah, noof. Not. Re- I mean, usually I usually I sort of can figure it out. I don't think I've been surprised by too much. I would say Anthem when we were playing the beta and I was having little bits of fun, but real, you know, realizing that it was like, yeah, this is going to not be cool for eight hours or 12 hours or 20 hours. Mm-hmm. You just get that. But it wasn't hard. really. Yeah. You just, yeah. And you're just like, uh Oh, cause there were times, especially in the demo or in the beta where I was actually having fun times, but it was only like three minutes of fun. It was really weird. And I remember not believing it was possible. Well, not not believing it was possible, but really worrying that what they were going to release was, in fact, what we got. Because most companies would know that. And they'd be like, yeah, we can't release a game that sends you back to the fucking city. Or sends you back to a loading screen every two seconds. Like, that would be stupid. And then when you get it, and it is that, your brain is just like, what the fuck just happened? Like, how how did we get here? But in the last... If we're not going with just this year, the worst biggest oof i remember in the last couple years is easily crew 2 which was a game called (laughs) crew 2 where you could not put a crew together in the game (laughs) despite that being the name that was stunning and i remember them like playing the beta that two weeks prior to it coming out and not and realizing there was not going to be like a you know a crew system in the game on launch and just being stunned by like sort of the audacity of, of Ubisoft <laughs> followed cl- followed closely by by New Dawn their oh, Far Cry uh, fake expansion incredibly Far Cry. mediocre yeah. Yeah. yeah so was their DLC their DLC for 5 was horrendous horrendous actually had... bummer oh, this is crazy i had a, i had 93 hours played in anthem Wow, I know I mean, you. I don't think that's... The gameplay is fun because it's like Andromeda. The gameplay is fun. It's, it's, fun. it's just it's in short. To do. Yeah, and it's in those just blur. It's like a machine gun. It's just like, yeah. and and unfortunately, every time it pauses, you're going back to this boring ass city. Or they're they're supposed know. to be giving it There's the, the No there. Man's Sky treatment. I don't know if it's actually yeah, true. Appar- but apparently, that's the rumor. I hope they do, man. Because I until the the really bad press started coming out around that game, I was actually really excited for it. Because I am a Destiny fan. I was like, oh, this will be really cool. It's like Iron Man Destiny. Like, fine, this will be fun. And then all that info came out, and it was like, ooh, this is not so good. So I'm gonna wait and see how it goes with launch. And I mean, there hasn't been any good press for the game ever since it launched. Yeah. So it's I very, it's very. What's interesting is Anthem. It's very easy to like just you know leap on the dog pile and just get involved and crapping on it. But yeah, the, the yeah. truth of the matter is, I think it is fun to play. I said that even with the beta, I was like, it feels good to play. I think the the kits were varied enough. It, it was fun. It's just that the it I just don't think seems unfinished, right? Yeah, exactly. There wasn't an, as Cowboy said, there wasn't enough to do. It it, it 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 reminds me of Diablo when it first launched, and there was you know no yeah. adventure mode, no real like the build variety was kind of lackluster. Mm-hmm. It's it, it suffers from the same exact issues. It needed mm-hmm. a uh, mm-hmm. a needed it needed a reboot basically. Yeah. Can we uh can we call Stadia an oof? How does that how does that oh, fall? Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like I don't really know the audience. I'm not really oh, Stadia thing. Came, so. came and went, came and went. It's, that that yeah. is certainly an oof. So, and it's going to come again reason, next year too. Yeah, I mean the only reason it's hard to I guess oofify it, we'll call it, is because it's something that will be the future in many ways. They're just way ahead of the pack. 
and like and not in the good right. way. Like you know, Xbox right, yeah. with the whole digital thing. Like that was ahead of the pack, and now a lot of us can look at the original Xbox Vision and be like, okay, I kind of like minus the the DVR thing. You're like, okay, I yeah. get why you wanted to go all digital, no disc drive. Um, but now we've seen the increase gradually over digital sales, and, and they were right on the money to, to try to do that with their console, uh, but they've understood and learned and just said, like, all right, you know, once it's time, we have to wait for the audience to be ready. That's the thing. Yeah. It's really weird with how great ideas can work, um, that, that it could be exactly what people need, and, and but it just, if it doesn't hit at the right time, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think you're on to something, too, when you say that, it, I think it's something we can all begrudgingly admit is the inevitable future is kind of like the no, overall model. <laughs> yeah, it's very begrudging. I don't think any of us want this, even though we experience and, and play stuff in a digital fashion. Like what Stadia is and what it's trying to create is just not good right now. But eventually, you know, even if it's 20 years, it'll probably be some kind of standard or some version of that idea will become the standard. And it'll be like, oh, Google tried it first way back in 2019. Remember that back in the day? Yeah, they tried that first, and it sucked there, but now this is what we're all doing. And well, so, shit, and- on live and fucking Genki tried it first. Damn, yeah. on, live had, and on live was a full-on store. You could play Witcher on it. Like, that, that shit was crazy. Like, they've tried it multiple times. I just yeah. don't think people realize just how bad America's infrastructure for Internet is. Yeah, and they happen the to be one of the major... I have gigabyte and that shit was un. There was no way I was playing that, and I'm not even a huge latency. I'll count latency, but I can deal with bad latency. That shit. So was do you nuts. have Stadia, Carrick? Do you yeah, do you have yeah, access to it? Yeah, yeah and it's yeah. no good, I guess. Yeah, I was really disappointed by almost mm. every single thing about it. Controller was. Sh- it's one of the worst controllers I've ever laid wow. my hands on. It's like something wow. from a Chinese company where they wouldn't make it, and they sold the rights to somebody else that was worse. Ooh. It's the Yikes. worst controller. I've it's it's like paper mache and tinfoil inside of it. It's the craziest wow. shit. And then um it's just like it works and then it it it's like it's hard to describe. It's like all the worst ideas of online gaming in one thing including buying the game again including yeah, man. like you know what I mean? So you have oh. all these caveats that aren't even the tech. It's just like the delivery. For example, yeah. if Ubisoft said, "Hey, you buy our game, and you still, you know, you want to pay Stadia their little subscription. But if you buy your game, you can play it on your Xbox or on your Stadia or whatever. That's not there. For example, Borderlands 3 just released or is releasing. And it's a version that is actually two, if not three patches ago. And they don't know when it'll get patched up, which oh, is yikes. weird. Like, it's yeah. not even the version we all have. And yet this is the one that's supposed to be pushing tech. And the one that's supposed to be patchless, by the way. So the one that's supposed to be patchless doesn't even have the right patches. Ooh. And that, to me, just indicates they are not ready. The game rewards commercials for it? Holy shit. Just, oh, cringiest. cringiest You're talking about the 1970s dude and all the weird, like... Yeah, and he's like, come get in the game, the game genie. Woo! I didn't really even know what they were trying to do. I mean, some of it I sort of snickered because it was weird, but, yeah, it was, yeah, it's crazy. They're they're in deep shit, I think. I mean, they did just buy the company this morning or yesterday, Typhoon. That's true. Studios. They're, they're trying to make moves, right? And and they've yeah. been promising like exclusive games of some kind, but who knows, man? All right, I think that's all we've got for today. About is that the king oof? Yeah. I mean, well, I got I got one other one. I don't think Go you guys are gonna know this, but if you want to talk king oof, there was a game Bandai Namco sent me. Uh-oh. Um, 
it was and, and Maddie, you, I know you watch a little bit of anime here and there, and I'm a huge weeb myself. Um, but this uh, was a game for the Seven Deadly Sins, which is a pretty good anime. Oh my god, my friend hates that game. <laughs> it's on Netflix, and it is without question the worst fucking video game I've ever had the misfortune of playing. I did one episode of it. I titled it a, a, a Let's Not Play, and that was the last <laughs> time I ever touched it. Like the the second mission in, you're literally playing the girl from the game. And you're walking around a forest that's maybe eight feet by eight feet, and you're literally just picking up apples and putting them in a basket. Oh my god! I it takes this. like four. It takes like four minutes from the animations, and then it's like, yes. congratulations, mission complete. And you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> oh my god! Like it is. Yeah, Bandai, is Bandai's weird. They have had some really good yeah. anime games, and then they've just had some stinkers, man. Piles of shit. Like the, all the sword art games. All the sword art games just doo doo. Yeah, I'm excited for a DBZ. Is in like January. Or yeah, Kakarot looks great. They, looks they do. They do Dragon Ball right. Um, they even sure, One Piece. Yeah, I'm surprised they don't. They don't put as much into that because One Piece is arguably as big as as Dragon Ball. I'm I'm just shocked that they don't because uh, the One Piece games outside of like Pirate Warriors, I don't think they really land with anybody. Um, like I think were... it's because Dragon Ball. I think you have a fair Western and Eastern audience in it, mm-hmm. whereas I think One Piece is still yeah, a lot. That's true bigger in japan whereas you know like if you were to ask your average middle-aged mom like who's this person she'd be like oh that's the goku if you showed her someone from one piece she'd be like who the fuck is that that's yeah. true that's a good point yeah because like yeah they, they oh, man the second i see bandai put out like a 3d anime fighter that's when i know i'm just like oh like they did one punch man i was like oh cool and then you just see it's a 3d fighter and you're like fuck this is not were they also Going this far back, I can't I can't tell who was making these games at that time. But were they making the Budokai games back in the day? Back in the day, uh, they, when they were like they were they were it was they Bandai. Okay, I don't know if maybe the license had changed in the past. I think like Atari 20 years had or like their hands on Dragon Ball at one point mm. or something like that. Yeah, Budokai, Budokai wasn't bad. I I enjoyed it was okay. Enjoyed the time I got to spend in Budokai. Yeah, I mean it's it's a, after Fighter Z though. It's like it's a whole different ball game. Like oh, that's God. the Fighter, Fighter Z is fucking fire, man. It's I perfect. Yeah. It is a perfect game. And so that's how they have to make their games going forward. It's like that or nothing. Yeah. I got that. We um, I, I, my one of my nephews is recently. He's at that age now where he's like in Dragon Ball, and they used to play a lot of Infamous or uh, not Infamous, Injustice. And I showed him Fighter Z. He's all pumped now. So I get to go over yeah. there for Christmas and beat the shit out of this kid. Nice. Just, just <laughs> nice. utterly mop the floor with him. Flex on your cousin. You said it's it's oh, your dude. nephew, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. Your nephew? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna beat you and your dad at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> After that, we'll put on some Smash, beat him in Smash. It's, yeah. It's it's a, good good, a feel-good mm-hmm. session Perfect for you. Age. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. <laughs> a good holiday. Yeah, it was great. Give me some more turkey now. <laughs> Fucking losers serve the dinner. <laughs> All right, fellas. Let's wrap it up here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Sweet. if you listen this deep, we appreciate you. Um, this, like I said, will be the last episode of the year from us. So we thank you to those of you who gave us your time in 2019. We hope you enjoyed the show this year. And we'll be back next year with uh, some changes and some more guests like these fine gentlemen here. And it should be a great time. But would you two like to, to cap off with any closing thoughts or things you want to put out there? And, of course, Carrick as well. No, I'm good. Because we'll see you next year. Oh, no. See, I honestly would have preferred the awkward silence there. That's what I would have rather you done there. (laughs) I I think that no one wanted to go first was probably the problem. No, No, yeah, I I mean, this is is, is good. And, you know, we have, we obviously, we discussed it briefly, but, um, you know, come May and April, there are some, some big ass fucking games. So, yeah, it would be good to do like a, uh, a a, a post, post Q1 session. 
Of course. Disgusting impressions. We're all going to be goodness. beat tired, man. We're going to be like, yep. it's going to be a crazy, crazy time. It'll be a good time, though. Good fun. Good type yeah. of busy. All right. Yeah, that... I, I appreciated being back on, though. I did want to say thank oh, you guys dude, for having me back of on. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's always a blast having you guys back on whenever the time is. And uh, to the listeners out there, we hope you enjoyed once more. And we will catch you guys next week. No, no. It's, I'm such a robot. No, next yeah. year. I'm you such just, a robot. Yeah, you, you just. Oh, no. I just roboted it. We will catch you guys next year. Mm. Next year. All right. Mm. Catch you all in 2020. Peace out. Peace out. Bye, everyone. Bye.